It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Radio presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer with you till three. As uh, last time we were here, the Eagles season mm. was not over. It was even alive, some might say. Yeah. With Considering I picked them to win, a lot of the callers picked them to win. You did not. I did not. You got that very much right yeah. based off of how that game <laughs> turned out. I think we could all agree it was very clear early on they were not going to win yes, that game. Yes. But, uh yeah, first off-season Go Birds radio. First of many, unfortunately, because now there'll be no Eagles for nine months or so. But fortunately, we'll be here. Yes. You know, so And honestly, worse. the off-season, look, the season's fun. I love it, all that stuff. The off-season's just so interesting, like the, the possibilities and all those things. So I say unfortunately just because it's fun to watch, uh, you know, to have games and react to them. But, yeah, it's a, it's a crucial off-season. Looks like they might lose one of their best coaches, which is, you know, going to be an impact. But, yeah, a lot to get into. Yeah, that to get into, and I agree. I think this offseason sets up in a really compelling way. You know, the quarterback will get into that. There's a lot of questions after that game, I think. You know, it was kind of funny because that game played out where it was, you know, we felt so good heading yeah. into it about the season, about where they were at, and it was all of our worst fears in one game. You know, Literally. Was, yeah, literally. Like, everything we were concerned about showing up in one game. So it really sets up for a fascinating offseason. And I, I I keep crediting the caller because he, he made the point. I might just have to steal it eventually. Yeah, but, but OG Wade, I think, made a, a great point with how different we view this season if they don't make the playoffs in that way. Like, if they end the year. They, Nine and eight. Right. They just run. don't get in. Yeah. yeah. But, like, you're right that that game showed all the fears. Like, the Jalen Hurts discussion is different. To a certain degree, the Nick Sirianni discussion, I heard Joe DeCamera talking about it this week, right? Like, it changes that. The roster looks different. So, I don't think there should be overreacting to the loss. It was a bad loss. It exposed some of their problems. Problems we already knew were, were there. But I think it was good for them to get playoff experience. I think now you go into next year saying this team should be expected to win a playoff game, you know, depending what they do at quarterback. But 
yeah, I, I think it changes expectations, but it certainly changes how you view them as well. Yeah, uh, it, it totally does, and I, and I think it really does set up for a fascinating offseason. I agree, expectations have to go up next year. You made the playoffs this year. Yep. We need more. you got to take a step forward. Absolutely. So if you want to chime in on all of that, 215-592-9494, the game itself, the reaction to the game, the Hurts thing, all that. But you said something a minute ago that I can't let mm. slip by at the beginning of the mm. show here. My man said the Eagles could lose one of their best coaches, a great coach. I didn't say great. Yeah, you I said it. one of their best coaches. He's talking, of course, about Jonathan Gannon. I'm sure you've seen it, but for those who don't know, Jonathan Gannon, somehow, someway, one of the hot names on the coaching mm. market has interviewed with three teams and apparently second interviews with the Broncos and the Texans reported that he was the front runner yeah. for the Texans job. It's starting to really feel like Jonathan Gannon might be a head coach this offseason. Well, what's crazy is, and we're going to discuss him to say the least. I think some might say we will debate Gannon, oh, the, the great Gannon debate that's been coming for weeks. But uh, I wouldn't hire Jonathan Gannon as a head coach. Like, like if I were, if the Texans or Broncos were to call me and say, Elliot, it seems like, you know, you have the correct opinion of Gannon. Do you, do you think <laughs> do you think we should hire him? I would say absolutely not. Like, I, I don't think Gannon's ready to be a head coach yet. He's had one year as a coordinator. We, I don't like defensive coaches, yeah, but that's another debate. Anyway, but yeah. I wouldn't hire Gannon. Like, I, don't, I would be surprised if he was successful as a head coach. But as a defensive coordinator, I, I don't get why there's a rush from the fan base to try to get him out of town, right? Like, what is it? And I guess it's just, like, the style they play. But guess what? Whatever defensive coordinator they break in, uh, they bring in is probably going to get some cues from Howie and Nick Sirianni, and they don't want to give up big plays. So Gannon played a style – that the, the head coach and I believe the front office had some input in. But regardless, like forget about style. Let's talk about numbers when it comes to Jonathan Gannon. Prior to week 18, when the whole team didn't play, they were eighth in the league in points allowed. You look at this season. There were more games the defense won for them than the offense did. Do I think Jonathan Gannon is a great coordinator? No, I don't think he's a great coordinator. I think he's a good defensive coordinator. I think he's top half the league in defensive coordinator in defensive coordinators. And ultimately I don't get why people want to make a change. Like, the best thing that I think can happen for this team is continuity, right? They switched coaching staffs last year. I think the second year under a coordinator, you see, first of all, you see players feel more comfortable because they know the scheme. But you also see the scheme expand to a certain extent because they know it better. They can add wrinkles. They can do different things. And if everyone's plan is, let's go hire a defensive coordinator that can, talk, that can stop Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert – Good luck. If there is that guy out there, go get him. And maybe you'll say Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio. But, but, but ultimately, it's extremely hard to find guys that can do that, especially oh, with this personnel. Just two who have in the well, past. Well, especially with this personnel, right? So that that is my thing with Gannon. You, you can counter. But, like, I don't get why people want him gone so bad when the results are nowhere near as bad as the actual, like, venom towards this guy. Here's my counter. Jonathan Gannon stinks. Okay. He Stinks. The kid, you'd say, oh, eight them points or whatever. It's all about context. The best quarterback he beat this year is Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. Can I say it again? Teddy Bridgewater. The second best quarterback he beat, uh, Trevor Simeon, Jared Goff. Like, well, you're a Zach Wilson guy. What so. a fine Zach Wilson. Yeah. What are we doing here? This guy, every single legitimate offense he faced. He stunk, and we saw it again in the playoff game. After already getting one shot at that offense, an offense when it was even more uh, stacked and ready to play, we saw the exact same thing. 
He did the exact same thing and let Tom Brady just carve him up. And I know it's Tom Brady and all that, but like there was zero resistance, no pressure, no guys up on on receivers, just letting guys get cushioned and Brady just dissecting it. It's like it's like this guy doesn't know what he's seeing out there. He doesn't know what kind of defense he should call against quarterbacks who could actually complete passes. Like I understand numbers and all that, and I do think numbers have their place. But they have to have context with them. You can't just say he had a great season because they didn't give up a ton of points when the only teams they were great against are the ones with bad quarterbacks, and that completely skews the numbers. So I agree you need context. Absolutely, right? I don't think he's a top 10 coordinator. I don't think the Eagles' defense was top 10. But I think that as I think what people do a lot, and you're doing to a certain extent, is we're just looking over the fact that they dominate bad offenses. Like, it's not as easy as everyone makes it out to be. If it was one or two bad offenses they dominated, then it's like, okay, like you're supposed to do that for one or two games. There were multiple games this year. I'm looking it up. I think it was nine games, nine or ten games this year where they held the opposing offense under 20 points, which is really hard to do in the NFL. <laughs> oh, hold on, no matter what you're facing. So here's Garrett all. Garrett Gilbert, it's hard to hold Garrett Gilbert under 20 points. Yeah, that's points. one example, and right? He looked good against them. Okay, but re- regardless, what I'm saying is, Mike like, Lennon, every, Jake everyone. From- okay. wow! Every everyone everyone overlooks what they do against bad offenses until they bring in another coordinator, right? And they're not dominating those bad offenses. Like how every- do we know that? Vic Fangio has dominated bad offenses his whole career. Mike right. Martindale has dominated bad offenses his whole career. If you could- these guys have proven track records of being yes. phenomenal defensive coordinators, who why wouldn't you want these guys? But, but here's here? all right. Vic Fangio adds an element to the discussion, right? Because he's available. So there's two as different is ways. Wink Martin. Though. I know, right? So there's two different ways to look at this. There's the would I trade Vic. Fangio for Jonathan Gannon, right? Like, that's one question. And I think there's an interesting debate to be had there. Fangio is obviously a better defensive coordinator. I mean, yes, coordinator. is the answer. Well, my only concern is, like, he's older. I like the vibe of the coaching staff. I love staff. an older yes. guy. We could okay. use an old Fine. guy coming in. I'm a not pushing back. veteran, you know, know-how. That wouldn't be the worst right. thing. I'm not pushing that. back too hard on Fangio. But I think those are two different things. It's almost, it's a little bit like the Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts thing, where you can say, yes, I think Jalen Hurts is the guy, while also saying, I would bring in Russell Wilson. Like, Vic Fangio is in that discussion as a defensive coordinator, as a defensive mind. Would you agree with that? Like, one of the best in the league. It, absolutely. Exactly, yes, right? No so, question. I don't think saying you would take Fangio over Gannon is like a shot at Gannon. Well, the point I'm making is, let's say Gannon gets one of these head coaching jobs, and you don't get Fangio, or who's the other guy you're saying? Wink Martin. You don't get him, right? Then I think you could be in some trouble. Like, yes, it, it, if you can get Fangio, I get it. That's it. I would not kill the Eagles for that, right? But I'm not firing Gannon just to fire him. Like, it sounds like you are of the mindset of, you want Gannon gone. Like, almost no matter who the replacement is. And I know um, not everybody, right, but, con- but you, yeah. you, would, you would be open to hiring an unproven guy over yeah. Gannon. And look, they're not going to fire Gannon. The only hope is that he gets one of these head coaching jobs. But am I, like, praying that Jonathan Gannon gets one of these head coaching jobs? You're damn right I am. But I, just, I am like, I wish I could send letters to the Houston Texans and the Minnesota Vikings and Devin Broncos and say, this guy's the best, you should hire him, take but him. But it's just so crazy because if you look at the 17 or 16 games they played, there was like four games where they were really bad. It, it, and, I, and I know they're against good offenses. Well, I get to 18 technically games they played. No, don't they play 17 in 18 weeks? Seven, 70. You said 16. Yeah, because we're not counting the last Cowboys game. Well, we, I mean, sure, we don't have to count. Well, but the, well, the reason fine, I, fine, we don't have to count. Right, the, the point I'm making is way more often than not, and yes, it's about who they played, but that's for the whole team, too. Like, way more often than not, when the Eagles defense played this year, they played good, right? They didn't allow a ton of points. They, they, there were some games they created turnovers. They could have been better than it for sure. But if you look, like they were really bad against the Cowboys in week three. They were bad against the Raiders. They gave up 33 to them. They weren't great in the playoffs, although I think the offense was worse than the defense in the playoffs. But 
Regardless, when I look at how the defense performed this year, it is nowhere near a fireable offense. Does Gannon need to learn how to stop the best offenses in the league? Yeah, that's the next step. And I think part of that is the personnel. Like, one one criticism of Gannon a lot is he doesn't blitz, right? He's not super aggressive. And I think they should play more press man. So that I'm in agreement with. But in terms of blitzing, like, I don't think the linebackers are great blitzers. I don't think the safeties are great blitzers. So I can't sit here and say he should be blitzing these players that we all agree need to be upgraded. So if Gannon's best strategy, in my opinion, was what he did, which is they don't have playmakers on defense. They have Darius Slay, and that's it. That's the only playmaker they have. So what he did was he sat back and he hoped the other team made mistakes. Is it frustrating? Yes, of course it is. But that's personnel-based as it's well. It's silly. It's silly to sit back but and it say, was oh, effective. Let, let's hope that. It wasn't against guys who weren't going to Against the best quarterbacks, You have to yeah. change. You have to adjust. That's fine if you want to do that against bad quarterbacks. Against good quarterbacks, you have to try something different. And he did it twice against Brady. The same thing. The list of quarterbacks that Jonathan Gannon dominated right, this yeah. season. They're not Matt good lists. Ra- Matt Ryan. Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, Teddy Bridgewater, Trevor Simeon, Zach Wilson, Garrett Gilbert, Jake Fromm slash Mike Glennon, and Trevor Heineken. It's not an impressive list. I agree with you. It's a disastrous list. There is not one impressive performance on that list. Not one that you say, wow, I can't believe they stopped that guy. Not one. Individually, you're right. But as a whole, you can't deny it's impressive that as a whole, they had whatever, how many that, I don't know, let's say 10. Whatever quarterbacks you, you came up with, they're because bad. they're dominant. Like you because as a whole, those guys. You but should be do you do you not guys. agree? Consistency is one of like the best traits in the NFL. What do you mean consistency? Well, hold on, they let me stuck against good teams. I'm How not that disputing consistent? that. I'm saying it is a skill in the NFL to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. That is how you win. Like that is how you make the playoffs in the NFL, right? You win the games you're sure, supposed to, sure, and then you hope you split sure. the hard ones, right? And so, again, I don't think Gannon's like a defensive coach of the year. I don't think he's an amazing coordinator. But let's not overlook the fact that how many games did the defense win for them versus the offense? There is a difference between, like, playing bad teams and and doing well against them and then getting completely dominated from a defensive perspective by good quarterbacks. Dominated. Again, what was it, five straight games of 80% or more the first time in the history of the NFL? Derek Carr threw for 90% completion against you? You couldn't stop any good quarterback. Like, not one. Well, the Chargers only gave up 27 points. Did did they stop the Chargers on defense? No, they didn't. Well, they they stopped two or three times. It was a game where there were long drives and thus less points. Like, at no point this season, Jonathan Gannon's defense not just not stop a good quarterback, not get dominated by a good quarterback. Well, let me not ask you this, one though. time. How many games did the— 0 for 7, 0 for 8 if you count the playoff game. 0 for 8. Yeah, and the playoff game, if we want to talk about context, I think the defense actually performed better— Who cares? Well, I'm just saying, if you want to talk offense, about context— They both stunk. But you're saying they got dominated. I don't they think did. they, they I don't think they got dominated in that game. <laughs> They, they, they didn't play they well. Th- they were down 31 to nothing. Yeah, but I think that Rager fumble really just it screwed hurt, the whole it team. It hurt, but come okay. on, man. But, but here, here's the ultimate, like, yes, you're right, that he did not play well against good quarterbacks. But that means you're going to fire him? Like, because he can't I'm, talk I'm to- saying, you're, so no, there, again, I'm not, I, I know he's not getting fired. I'm hoping he no, gets I'm saying, another well, job. What you do? I want him gone. Right. So yeah. You, you're saying you would fire him. I right. want him gone. Sure. But and so not going to. I want him to get a head coaching job. Right. Either way, I don't. To your point, your main like statement yeah. of the show, I do not think it would be a huge, huge loss if they lose Jonathan Gannon at all. Okay. I think it will. I think it's tougher to replace these guys than uh, than people make it out to be. Like for whatever we think of Gannon, for whatever like the the callers, and I'm guessing people are not going to be on my side with this one to <laughs> say the least. What does that tell you, man? But I mean, there's a reason he's getting these head coaching interviews. Like. 
He's clearly impressive in a room. Yes. He can clearly walk into a room and make people think that he's smart and interesting right. and good at football and all that stuff. That doesn't mean that he is. There have been a lot of guys who walked into I a did room the, uh, and got, how many head coaches fail? More than, than succeed. If, you know, I, I would just say this. Be careful what you wish for. That's all I'm saying. Is it possible that they could get a coordinator better than, than Gannon? Yeah, it's definitely possible because he's not a great coordinator. I'm not out here saying, like, he's defensive coach of the year. I'm not saying he did an amazing job. But ultimately, and I, you still haven't answered this question, how many games did the offense win for them this year? I, I don't know. None. I, I can tell you that answer. It's zero. They didn't win zero. one shootout. What shootout did well, they win? Oh, they, but the defense didn't help them either. They no, didn't but, win. but if you look at these games, the they won. Scored they, points. they put up 30. They put up 40 against the Saints. They put up 30 against Denver. What are you talking about? The but offense I'm saying, won the Saints game more than the defense did. The Saints, they gave 18 points well, to but the, but the the Saints game, a lot of those were garbage points. Like, oh, come on. You can't say I'm, it. I I'm just, just told saying, you. The this Saints team, game. But the Saints game was not super a shootout is my point. Well, there was no shootouts. They didn't win shootouts. Shootouts because they kept getting beat by better quarterbacks because the defense couldn't get a stop. Uh, they I don't could have won a shootout with, with the that. Chargers if they ever stopped them. Uh, I don't know if I completely agree with that point. The Chargers won is an interesting game because 27 points is not a bad outcome, but ultimately you're right. They didn't get to stop in those final six minutes. I'm just saying be careful what you wish for, man. Like, I get it. You want Gannon gone, and you're you're saying, Desperate. like, they're not going to fire him, but you're saying you would fire him. Sure. Like, you I, would I, fire I, him. Again, if I had, if I, I would, in terms of firing him, I would know that I had someone else. I would know I had Fangio or Wink or someone I wanted Let more. me ask you. If you couldn't get Fangio or Wink, what I mean, would I'm you I'm sure do? there's still someone I would okay, like Okay, so more. you would. Probably. Okay. But again, I'd have, to, I'd have to look at the options and all that stuff, and I don't know every, you know— every defensive coordinator candidate out there, but I think you could yeah. go get one of the best guys, and that's what my goal is. Oh, what's be. interesting is Gannon— I would give Vic Fangio the most money to come G- here. That's Gannon was do. one of the best guys last year. He was. Like, <laughs> I, we can sure. just debate the job he did. He absolutely was one of the top defensive coordinator candidates. Like, candidates, without question. yeah, but that yeah. doesn't mean that he was good at his job. Who cares? But, but that's my point I'm making is, like, it's almost better to stick with what you know than to go Why? with— Why? Because, Why? Because, because you're overlooking, like, eighth in the— I get what you're saying. I wish, eighth in the I league against think, horrible quarterbacks. And it's not eighth in the league. if you're going to go with— Numbers, they were 18. But we're agreeing 18, week 18 doesn't You're count. agreeing. No, you if, also but, have But again, that. it's all about context, right? I think what happened that last week just evens out the context fine, for that's the fine. Right. I think they were so probably they like 18. the 18th defense And I, I think that's probably fair. But let me ask you, when you say, like, on defensive personnel, would you say that they're, where would you rank? Of course they don't have great defensive So that, that has to but factor that, in. But I don't think Jonathan Gannon got the most he could have out of the defensive personnel they had. That's my point. I don't think he got the most he could have out of the defensive line. I mean, they were, line. 31st in sacks? The defensive line underperformed. And yet, all season long, they don't get sacks, and he keeps saying, "Let's let pressure with four. This will work." Oh yeah, let's pressure. But they don't have the work. personnel to blitz. But but you got to know your personnel. You got to know this isn't going to work. My he does know it though. Clearly not. How does he not? He, he didn't let blitz. Brady just walk all over the field on do him. Do you think they have the personnel to blitz effectively? I think you could figure it no, out. Let me ask guys, you, do, you do something think... interesting. Yes, I think they have guys who can okay. blitz. Like, I don't think they do. When I look at it, who at the linebacker position do you trust? Alex Singleton's not a horrible blitzer. He gets in there, comes in. Alex Singleton is not fast. I like Alex Singleton. Well, that's one of the main qualities you need as a blitzer. that's your job. Get the most out of these guys. Put the, just be, You don't say, well, I guess we can't blitz. So go ahead, Tom. Just walk down the field. You got it. We can't blitz you. I don't have okay. players on my team who can freaking blitz. But like, I do, you like, you're, you're saying that you can't just sit back and do that. But ultimately, he has to do what he thinks the best strategy. And for and years. The, the best and, strategy is to and, just let him walk well, down but the field. For, okay, for years, everybody said, why do they keep getting beat deep? All these cornerbacks suck. They're giving up all these long passes. They don't they're, have sucky cornerbacks. The, Trust the only guys on your team they have are slay. decent. That slay. Maddox was great Maddox this is, year. Yes. And, and Nelson is at but least Maddox serviceable. Was, Maddox Nelson's was on the NFL team. cornerback. Maddox was on the team before this year. 215-592-9494. The great Gannon debate. Where do you come down? And of course, Hurts, Sirianni, the end of the season, anything you want to get into, 
215-592-9494. Let's start it out where we do recently every show with our other Tom, our buddy Tom in Vancouver. Tom, hey! Hello, gentlemen. What up, Tom? How you doing? Man, I listened to the pod you guys put out before this, and now I'm listening to you here, and it just, it was so, there's so much content, and I can't get to it. I know that. I appreciate but, it. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Because there's, oh my God, it was just crazy, the amount of stuff you got going here. <laughs> I and I, I, I want to keep up the energy, and I have to say that, Elliot, I'm probably going to be one of the only people that agrees with there you. There we go. Oh, well, Tom, Tom you're definitely one of the best callers. So this is this counts double in terms of <laughs> Why, Tom? Why? Tell me why you like Gannon. I, th- I don't think a defensive scheme was the problem. It was, I think it was the mm. personnel. If you look after week eight, they went from uh, too high safety to more uh, or too high to one high, really. And so he was trying to adjust. If you look at the opening drive uh, versus the GOAT, the, there's a good chance they would have been able to stop them Agreed. if it wasn't for that roughing the passer call. Yeah. Then we've got Slay, who's playing off, and that annoyed the hell out of me. Right. But the thing is, Nelson can't play man, and I know it's possible Nelson to have one guy man. play man and one guy play off. That is done. Nelson so I, can I play don't man have... when he has no one to cover. It was Mike Evans and no one. You're telling me Steve Nelson can't lock down Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller or Look, whoever? I, I, I like Steven Nelson, but there's a reason he went unsigned. I, I agree, but like we're not asking him to cover Mike Evans. We're asking Darius Slay to cover Mike Evans if you go man. Right. Like, go man. Give your corners a shot because, Tom, I get your point, but like what you're doing didn't work. It didn't work the first time against Brady, and it clearly wasn't working the second time. Like, adjust, change, coordinate. So if playing a lot of nickel or dime, uh, if you're going to do that, you need to have an athletic linebacker. And I'm an Alex Singleton fan, but, you know, even Ike says Alex Singleton is like Ike in terms of career. He's not supposed to be a starting linebacker. And I know that they've got some other good ones, but they're not as athletic as what you need. Singleton is a bad tackler, and he's slow. Like, I like Singleton. I do. He's a really good, and I think Ike is better than Singleton was. But, Ike, Ike was definitely better. Yeah, but, but regardless, like, to take the Ike part out of it, Singleton's one of the worst tacklers in the league. I mean, sorry, on the team. So I don't the team in tackles, for what's worth. Well, but he also missed a ton of tackles, especially against the Buccaneers. I don't trust him blitzing is ultimately where it comes down Look, to. Look, again. McLeod's slow. You can't blitz him. Ultimately, like, you have to get the most out of these guys. Like, you have to find ways to, to run run a scheme that's going to combat the opponent you're playing. You don't just say, come on in, do what you got to do. I can't, I can't do what I want to do. So I guess just do what you want. No, like do something as a coordinator. Okay. I'd like to do a slight pivot about uh, right. QB for Go a moment. Ahead. It's Howie. I think he's going to make a run for an elite QB. And I agree with the take that you guys had in your pod that he's a, uh, he is a smart guy. He knows he's a politician. He knows how to deal with the media and he is not going to reveal all of his cards. And I think that's why he was pro-Hurt, because at this point in time, he recognizes there's a lot of competition for elite QBs. He's probably not going to be able to make it, and there are not a lot of QBs in this, uh, in this uh, draft class, so he's probably not going to go for them. Yeah, Tommy, good call. I, uh, I, I think we're kind of on the same page in the terms that I think they're definitely looking. Like, I don't think they're shutting it down. I just think that Howie knows it's pretty unlikely he's going to get Wilson, pretty unlikely he's going to get Rodgers, and I think that he is pl- – I, I think they were stronger on their support of Hurts than I expected, but I, I get why, even if they're not going to keep him. But I think – I like, if I'm betting right now, I would bet that Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback week one of 2020. I, I agree, and you say looking. I think the better word is looked. 
Like they yeah. looked. Yeah, they, that's they, my point. Yeah, I think right. That, I think he knows. Yes. I think he knows what the market is and that he is very, very unlikely. They to tried to get Deshaun day. Watson last year, couldn't get him. Or they reportedly tried to trade up for Zach Wilson, couldn't get him. Right? Like I'm sure that they had talks about Russell Wilson. So I think they've tried to upgrade. They were unable to. And now, unless something changes, yeah, Hertz is going to be the guy. I don't think we should completely rule out drafting somebody, but ultimately, yes, I think that Hertz is like the heavy favorite to be the starter. And something I said earlier uh, in the season, even with the idea of if Hertz were the guy next season, is I wouldn't be shocked. And people are talking about it now if if how he uses some of the draft capital to try and load up a little bit for next year, yeah. and that way it gives him that optionality again. Yeah, we're going in with Hertz, but. Jalen, if you're not good enough, now I have two tw- two first-round picks and a second this year that I can play with so that I can go up and get someone if we want them, or I can trade for the next quarterback that shakes loose because they always do. Yeah. So I, I think it's a it's going to be a really interesting offseason from that perspective. 215-592-9494 if you want to weigh in on the Hurts thing, whether you believe Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni, what they said about defending Hurts, uh, essentially that he will be the starter for 2022, where you comment on that. And, of course, the great Gannon debate. Would it be a loss? Finally here. Would it be all season leading up yeah. to this? Would it be a loss? I mean, it is the hottest name right now, one of the hottest names in the coaching circles. He is apparently the front runner for the Texans job. Would it be a big loss for the Eagles if they lose Jonathan Gannon? 215-592-9494. It's Elliot. It's James. It's Go Birds Radio. And let me remind you that one of the things that we love most about our Park Sportsbook app is that it's not just about the teams and only picking teams when you place your bets. They offer all kinds of action in so many different ways to bet on individual player performances. It makes watching the games that much more exciting in football. You can bet passing and rushing yards, bet on who scores touchdowns and hoops. You can bet points, rebounds, assists, hockey, bet on goal scores, and so much more. Plus, with the live in-game betting and wildly popular same-game parlays, the Park Sportsbook app is custom-made for you, and that's why it's the only one that we here at Go Birds recommend. And talking about the same-game parlays and betting on individual player performances, no better weekend for that than this one, as there are playoff games. There's obviously no uh, fantasy, all that kind of stuff. Like, this is it. Bet on these guys. Go in. There's all kinds of great odds on quarterbacks, receivers, runners, and, of course, the games themselves. I like Tennessee in this first one, and you can hear it right here on WIP. So get the app. Here's what you do. You download the app. You get your first bet risk-free for $500. Download the app. Bet on these games today. And more than anything, it's more fun to watch these games if you have a little action on it. So, again, sign up now. Make your first bet risk-free on your favorite player or player you're watching or bet any game. Download the app and get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your first bet risk-free. Your first risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The Park Sportsbook app, the website, is all the terms and conditions. It is Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer with you. Debating Jonathan Gannon. Never done that before. For wherever you fall on the Gannon debate, it is crazy that he's this close, it seems, to getting one. It's like, because again, and and I know our first caller went the other way, but I will be surprised if the majority of callers today are not more on my side than on your side. At least that's the tone that I've felt when it comes to Jonathan Gannon from the fan base. And yes, I can't remember a time where we had someone in this city who was so, I mean, dislikes probably a strong word, but so. Oh, I think dislikes fine. So disliked by this fan base who is apparently loved by the rest of the league like Gannon. Well, I and this this guy wouldn't qualify, but I think Gannon is in the same group that like Aguilar was in, Rager, where they can do no right right now. Like even the games where they play well, and they're look, there's not a lot for Rager, so there's not a ton of examples (laughs) for that. What game? But my point is, and I think you would agree with this, there are definitely like uh, athletes or coaches that get just on the bad list in this town, right? Like where people cannot stand them, and Gannon is there. Like Gannon is absolutely there. 
215-592-9494. Let's go to the phone, see what the people think. Let's go to Tennessee and talk to our brother, Justin. What up, pal? What's happening, fellas? How y'all doing today? How, How you feeling? How, How you, you feeling, feeling buddy? I know you're, you're, you're a little uh, sick right now, huh? Yeah, I, I feel okay. I woke up with a pretty bad sore throat this morning, a little fever, but I'm all right. I'm hanging in there. Good Look at you, playing through it, man. Ju- not just playing it. through it. Justin is tearing through Game of Thrones episodes. Oh, is he? <laughs> My okay. man has watched like six or five seasons in like a week and a half. It's unbelievable. It's a great show, so. Yeah. Yeah, we we had never watched it before, and uh, we finally broke down and started watching it. And it's like I said, it, if my wife hadn't went back to work this week, we would have probably finished it. <laughs> I wish I could rewatch that show again. Yeah. But it's 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 awesome. And uh, unfortunately, I I have to say, if if you're a character, Elliot, I would kind of put you in with Littlefinger because I don't know which way you're going to ah, go from the next. Wow. I like that. Look at that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I feel like that's a bit of an insult, but oh, I know you don't mean it that way. Yeah. An insult, no, I yeah. don't mean it that way, but I mean, you can't trust Littlefinger. You don't know which way he's going to go from the next. Would I fire Gannon? No. There unless it is. I knew, unless I knew what I did could I say? get Thank you, Justin. Fangio or Winkle. Thank or you. Or Wink Martindale. Thank you. But, 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 would you agree that's a similar statement, too? I would I would stick with Hurts unless I could trade All for right, Russell Wilson. All right, flip it Wilson. around. J- Justin, do you think it would be a huge loss if the Eagles lost Jonathan And Gannon? they don't get Fangio. No. It would not be a huge loss if they lost Jonathan Gannon. Because just like James said, he he didn't prove it. I mean, it's not – if he would have had one good game against the, what we call a good quarterback, it would have been fine. But the guys that they dominated were terrible. We're second and third string quarterbacks. Yeah. And, you know, Derek Carr, like he said, had 90% completion percentage. And yeah, I understand you don't want to get beat, but – What's worse, death of a thousand paper cuts or just shoot me in the head? Well, shoot what, what's worse is, I'm with you, I'll tell you what's worse, firing Gannon and hiring a coordinator that might be a complete disaster. Like, say what you will about Gannon, he's not a disaster. Like, the floor is, is relatively high with Gannon. If the biggest flaw he has is he can't beat great quarterbacks, it's a flaw, and it'll hurt the Eagles, oh. but it's not like a fatal flaw. They made the playoffs, right? It's a fatal flaw if you want to win championships. Uh, yes, he has to be a great he, team. He has to improve. There's no denying. He has yeah. to improve. But that's, my point is, Derek, there's a possibility they hire a candidate that's like a disaster, and Gannon's not a disaster. No, but I'm, I mean, it's like I said. They, he wasn't even close to stopping any of the really good quarterbacks that we faced this year. Not so, even close. No, I, close. I, I disagree. No. What do you mean you disagree? Let me, over okay, 80%? Let me tell you why. Sure. In the playoff game, right, they had him at 17 points at halftime, which is not great, but they had like four, five, three and outs in a row. They were playing better. Ultimately, they were playing better. They and also were playing against well, that lost their starting center, lost their, their best offensive lineman, and was already missing their two of their three best receivers. Yeah. yeah. All right, but you thought exactly. and their best yeah. running back. I mean, they're all, they still have Tom Brady. Like, yeah. they still have Tom Brady. Justin, you're the best, brother. <laughs> well, Feel better. One more thing, real yeah, quick, yeah, and sure. I'll get off. Sure. Throw out a congratulations to my good Twitter buddy, Seamus Clancy. Same where he yeah. got engaged last night. Great congratulations, call. buddy. Uh, I'm gonna get off here. Keep listening. Love you, boys, mate. Love you too, buddy. Yeah, oh, shout out to Seamus. Uh, I love Seamus. I know Seamus. You know, yeah, not super well, but I've I've hung out with Seamus before and it's all. A big that. Twitter guy. And uh, Ashley, like, what a story! The fact I know. that if, for those who don't know, Seamus, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, tweeted out the famous picture from like a, you know the it was like a, a war vet or whatever, and and his girl when he uh, returned home when he returned home from war, uh, like kind of um, you know dipping her and get, kissing her with uh, City Hall in the background. And he was like, who wants to recreate this picture with me, you know, at, at the parade? And Ashley, this girl Ashley, just runs, I'll do it. 
they do the picture, and now three years later or whatever, four years later, they're getting married. It's, it's truly it's unbelievable. A, it is an all-time great story. It's almost like movie-worthy in no, a way. Almost. It is yeah, absolutely movie-worthy. Yeah, so shout-out to him. Congrats. Really, great really Eagle cool. fan story, too. Even yeah. if you don't know Seamus. Exactly. It's a, it's a great Eagle fan story. It's a really good story. one. 215-592-9494. The next caller, I don't know if, if Eagle fan is the best way to describe him. Eagle hater? Deep down, maybe an Eagle fan. Yeah, well, he's an I'm, Elliott fan. He I'm, brings me up all the time. Well, good. So. I'm excited to see wh- whose side he's on today. I'm going to guess it's mine. We're going to find out. Let's go to our buddy in King of Prussia, Mad Mike, the one who makes him mad. What up, buddy? Hey, guys. I, I don't know. What up, I Mike? I feel like the sun's shining a little brighter uh, today. Buddy, like, you're, are you an Eagles fan, man? Come on. I am an Eagles fan. I'm just not a fan of this front office or any or any of the people that run the show or the, the marionette coach or yeah it's just so weird you wouldn't be a fan of the front office like they get in the playoffs all the time they've won a super bowl they win playoff games like i just like what do you want them to win the super bowl every year what would make you a fan winning against garbage teams that have no quarterbacks to even play for them and then then they're just a fraud well you you, but you think the eagles are a garbage team with no quarterback so well, they, no, I. <laughs> yes, you do. Look, you absolutely do. You thought they'd win four games, and you think Hurts is trash. So you, well, what other? I what is that Hertz other than a garbage is, team with no quarterback? Trash, and now everybody's coming to my side because no, because, not everybody's like, coming to your side. You're That's not true. Side. I'm not you coming to your you side. Be back. Yes, no. you are. Oh yeah, no, no. We both think Hurts should be a quarterback next year. Do you think Hurts should be the quarterback next year? No. Okay. Well, I do. So we're not on the too. same yeah. side. No, you, you do not. You think that they should be actively looking for a better quarterback? No, Mike, you gotta listen closer. Elliot said he thinks they will. Be right. out looking for a quarterback. He does not think they should. I, I trust would, me. I do podcasts with Elliot. Elliot absolutely thinks that Hurt should be the quarterback. I would not. I would not trade any of. I would not trade three first round picks for the quarterback. Listen, this is the thing, guys. This league is a passing league. This quarterback cannot pass the ball correctly. Uh, he, he has to improve. I agree. The passing he, game was the biggest issue. He's not good enough. And I'm sorry, it shouldn't be this difficult for somebody that's played at this level or played at high levels to be able to throw the ball to open receivers. He can't see it. And it's a knock on him that they're like, he can't read a defense. And that's, that may, that's embarrassing. And I'm just like, I just want better for this team. I want them to like actually go out and do the right thing. And let's be real honest with ourselves. If everybody that calls in and says, Oh, they should just build up the team. Well, they're going to build up with like, they're going to draft a defensive end. That's going to be out of Purdue. Who's not going to do enough. Then, they're just going to waste all these picks, and they're just going to be a middling team that can't get the quarterback that they want because they don't have the position to do it, and they're in the position now to do it. Well, they're not a middling team, number right. one. They're, well, they, they are, are right now. They're not no, middling yeah. to low end. They, no. They're middling. You can if, say if you mid- want to say one and season, yeah. they're not elite yeah. in the future either, Elliot. They're not going to be elite next year or the year after Mike, that or the are, year after that. Mike, what a, what, a, what a ray of sunshine. Pal. Well, I'm sorry. I'm a ray of realism. Like, but you're not a ray of realism. It's, it's not hard to always predict they're going to be bad. I, like, it's not I, hard to do I, that. I think you go yeah, too but far everybody else with the realism. You're not able to figure out that they're going to be bad, and I'm the only one. And you weren't able to figure out that they were wrong. Mike, 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 acknowledge you were wrong. Mike, you said no, four wins. This. Mike, hold up, hold up, hold up, because you're taking a victory lap right now because they lost a playoff game. Mike, you said four wins, dude. You said yes, worst I team said in football. You hold up, ridiculous. hold up, Mike. Mike, I'm gonna put you on hold if you don't hold up for a sec. You were wrong, and it's okay to come back and be you have your takes on that, but you gotta say when you're wrong. Like, admit it, man. You were wrong about the team. They were better than you thought. Doesn't mean they're good. They were better than you thought. I, I'm, I will say that they won more than four games, but I also say that they played teams that <laughs> it's a big had concession no by you. Play. All right, Mike, but we'll talk to you had... later, pal. Like, come on, big I'm, concession. I'm sorry, like at a certain point, and I and I think Mike does have some good points about. Like, I I agree with him about the front office. I'm not a huge fan of the front office, all that stuff. But like at a certain point, you can't say things and be wrong right. and not say. 
I'm wrong before we are supposed to go on with what else you say. Okay? I agree. So, Mike, next time you're going to call up and say, I'm wrong, and then we'll go from there. Sound good? 215-592-9494. Taking over. He's got to do what he got to do. Here's a guy who I know maybe has never been wrong, but certainly in this case will not fight about it. When he is wrong, he'll say it. What up, Ike in Southwest Philly? My guy. How you doing? Ike? What's up, y'all? What's going on? Love the show, what man. Pleasure, what up, man? Ike? What a pleasure. How you been? Yo, shoot, I'm wrong a lot, man. <laughs> we <laughs> I'm, all I'm are. We to, all I'm are. humble yeah. enough to admit that. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, here's the thing, man. I um, I don't understand this to the, the station all week. Like the ridiculous amount of, of negativity, and the reason I say that is because I'm looking at the full picture of this year, where we started this year. We we had the worst, according to some people, we had the worst roster in the league. Yep. We had a bumpkin for a coach after his first, which I disagree with. Mm-hmm. Give a person a chance, and I think and go against you, my man Jimmy. That. They did get the best out of this talent. After I no, give no, you no, so many, no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm not messing. saying Gannon. I'm not saying Gannon was good this year, like that good this year, because I I didn't like the the little uh, vanilla off defense. But like, if you think about our roster supposedly being that bad, and we made the playoffs, then by definition, we got a lot out of this team and offense and defense. Not saying that they're great. You know what I'm saying? No, and I, I, I agree ahead, I'm with, uh, no, I, I agree with you to a point. I also do think, though, and here's where I was wrong, I underrated the roster coming in. I, I thought they were one of the worst rosters in the NFL. They weren't. I mean, the offensive line was the best in the NFL, or at least like yeah. top three or whatever you want to say. Like, they had more talent than I thought they did coming into the season. That was that was something I was wrong But I And I'll throw oh. this to you, Ike, too. Like, how much of that, though, do you think is the coaches getting that out of it? Like, I get your point that you could have underrated the talent, like the actual level of talent on the roster. But if the if the roster is better than you thought, I also think the co- the coaches deserve some credit for getting more out of the roster than you thought too. You know, like I think there's a reason it's better than you thought. That's a good point. And listen, just to go off of the theme of Mad Mike, the opposite of Mad Mike, I'll admit I was wrong. I overrated the receivers. Yeah, me too. That's coming into the season. I remember talking to y'all. I love the receivers, and I I was wrong because I love the speed or whatever. But I'm gonna just say this for. For for how we in this all season, when you drafting, go for the best player, regardless of position. I, I would love for them to go for the best player on defense, but go for the best player. That's how you raise your talent when you take the best player, not just worrying about the position. And I love the the cornerback from Cincinnati, and I need one of them linebackers, either the <laughs> ball from Utah give me, give me or the ball from yeah, Georgia. Give me the coach. Y'all be easy, man. Love the show. Ike, always oh, a pleasure. To hear from and look, I do think you made a good point there. And I, look, I, you know, best player available, obviously. We talk about that. But I did really like how he's answered to the Zach Berman question about building and philosophy and right. where you're at. And I, I liked hearing how he say, like, until we're a one seed, until we're a two seed, until we're that level of team, we're building. And I appreciated that because in the past, I feel like how he's kind of, we're always going for it in Philly. We're always, you know, like that was his mentality. And I appreciated hearing him take a step back and be like, we're still building. Like, we're going to get good football players here, and that's going to be our goal. And it should be. And well, I, I thought that was a really good thing to hear. And to think about the best player on the board, I, I also think that that is a need in the way that, like, everyone's like, you need a linebacker, a safety. What they need on defense is playmakers. Yep. Like somebody that the opposing offense is worried about yeah. facing. In whatever position that is, it's a great they really point. only have Darius Slay. Yep. And I guess maybe Javon Curse. But uh, Javon Hargrave. Yeah. Wow. That 04 conversation. Hey, oh, yeah. Yeah. We, had a, we had an interesting 04 versus 17 conversation we'll get into. Yeah. In a bit. No, playmakers are their top need on defense. 215 592 9494. Where do you stand on this team after the season hurts and all that? And, and Jonathan Gannon, it looks like there is a. 
shockingly real chance that he is going to get just a head coaching job going in Going around NFL. impressing the league, and yeah, you're just sitting there the hating. Yeah. Would it be a big loss for this team if they lost Gannon? It's Elliot. It's James. It's Go Birds Radio. We'll be right back. It is Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Short Parks, James Seltzer, with you till three. John Johnson after that, and then playoff football. Good games, too. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. You're weekend. a big Titans guy. Like I know you like respect what they've done. You Mike think they're Rabel. underrated. I think yeah. he's a really good coach. I- I'm excited to see uh, the Bengals versus them. Yeah, like a good quarterback versus that. It's definitely yeah. the the you taking the good quarterback or you taking the the good team type of man. Thing. That offense, like Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar, Jamar Chase, Chase, like yeah. they Joe they Mixon, got yeah. like they got talent all around. Tyler Boyd's their third receiver. I know. So, yeah. Their their line's not great. No, but they're they're a fun team to watch. I still think Tennessee is going to take them. So you taking Titans? I'm taking the Titans. Yeah. All right, then what about the night game? I'm taking the Packers. I think so too. Yeah, it, it seems like there's like a lot of buzz out there. The Niners, oh, and the Niners beat them the last couple times they played them right. in the playoffs. If you remember all that, but man, it just doesn't feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to be done this. Week. I don't think they'll be one and done. Ultimately. I don't either. That's I was asked this week like which game was is least likely to have an upset, and I think it's the Packers. I mean, it's the biggest line, so that yeah. would make sense. But, yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, it's, how it, it's a type of insider knowledge you get there, you know? <laughs> it's dynamite stuff. Yeah. Which, uh, who's the biggest favorite? Packers. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I was asked, biggest chance at an upset, and I said Titans. Okay, so that's not the shortest line. So, right. Yeah, they would so, that was the, a little The more Bills, technically, the biggest chance at an upset. They're only like a, a one-and-a-half point. Under I think, yeah, I was going to say, that one should pretty much be a pick them. Yeah. 215-592-9494. The Eagles not playing this weekend. No. Partially because of Jonathan Gannon and his horrible defense. Well, mostly not. Yeah, mostly because the offense is terrible. And, of course, Hurts, all that. 215-592-9494 was a wrap the season. Let's go to Doylestown and talk to my buddy, Bob. Bobby, how are you, sir? Good, James. How are you? Good, man. Elliot, how are you today? What up, Bob? How you doing? Good, good. Happy New Year also. Um, Question. uh, Actually, I had called in Elliot during the week, and I want to run this past both you guys and – uh, James, you probably have an idea where I'm going with all this. I'd like to like, sort of reflect over the last 12 months. A year ago this time, we were all pretty down because of the lack of wins and just the direction the team was going in. This year, nine wins, drastic improvement. We made, mm-hmm. the, we made the playoffs, which experience-wise, I think that's very valuable for I agree. the future. I agree. Um, uh, real quick, Bobby, that, Bobby, I'm gonna let you go. I think it is valuable, but like, let's not get too carried away. The 2017 Eagles had barely any playoff experience, and they won the Super Bowl. Like, so I do think it matters. I'm not gonna totally take it away, but I don't think sure. it's this like massive thing that like, how can you win without playoff experience? If you know what I mean. Correct. Correct. But I mean, we we had a quarterback. I think it that, helps. Oh yeah, we had a quarterback that didn't want to be with us. We moved on from that. We capitalized on draft capital. We've got a lot of possibilities moving forward. We'll have more cap space. We have there's a lot of arrows pointing up. Now, being objective, I think there's an eye out there looking for a quarterback, but I don't think they necessarily are going to make a drastic move just for the sake of making a move. If this is me, we can go another year with Hertz, number one. Yeah. Number two, our offensive line is pretty solid. I feel we need a veteran receiver. Absolutely hundred percent agree, Bob. And then what I do, Elliot, and this is where I'm getting, There's, uh, I'll give you these things and I'll listen to you guys. I think we need a safety. I think we need a linebacker, and we need pass rush. Yeah. I would work on Number building my defense. Pass rush. I would possibly 
take one of my first round choices, move it to next year in case the quarterback situation doesn't work out. We have flexibility the following year. That's my exact plan. Right. And this, James, you know I'm in your camp here, buddy. Elliot, I'm telling you right now, I will rent the bus. (laughs) I want Gannon gone. I want Gannon gone. And I feel that the special teams coach needs to go, too, with him. Uh, Because I thought special teams was horrible Uh, this year. Bobby, fantastic call. I appreciate it. Keep Thank you, buddy. Me. Always you, a pleasure. Be careful uh, what you wish for. Yeah, so, uh, look, great call. Agree 100% on getting Quickly, we, Michael Clay is someone, like, usually we all, you know, Dave Fitt, we talked about Dave Fitt for years. Like, we right. usually, like, there's talk about all the, the main coaches usually. Um, nothing, really, about Michael Clay. It was a, a look, again, I think, I think of all the coaches, the the roster hurts Michael Clay the most. I agree with that. That was something I talked about coming into the season, the depth on the roster. And the injuries weren't as bad as, as expected. They were really healthy this year. But, like, I worried about the depth, and I think that came through on special teams. Like, they were not a particularly good special teams club. Obviously, Rager being a disaster. Yeah. Parmentary hurts that. What do you think of Michael Clay in year one and, and kind of moving forward? Is there anything you saw there that makes you – I mean, you're around him a lot more. You've seen Yeah, well, this is what know. I was going to say. So, what's interesting is if you would have told me, Elliot, you could hire either one as a head coach, Jonathan Gannon or Michael Clay, I would pick Michael Clay. Whoa! I think Michael Clay has much more of, like, a head coach Charisma, vibe about him. Guy, yeah. Really? I, and wow. And he's I, only 29, so yeah. obviously a long – Right, you know. I, yeah. But I would still take him over Gannon wow. if I had to pick. Wow. But um, regardless, I, and I know the special team stat numbers were not good this year. I thought, like, from an eye, purely eye test perspective, and I get this is hypocritical coming off the whole game, <laughs> but just this is my opinion on it. I didn't think they looked as bad as the numbers said. I think Rager being a terrible punt returner really helped them. They have hurt no them, kick returner. Them, yeah. They did have the big pump block uh, against Carolina, which, like, if you can say one, if the special teams won you one game all year, I think that's a good outcome in some I, way. I agree. Like, they didn't lose them any games, any, and they won yeah. them a game. So I think. Certainly, talent plays a large role because that was bottom half the roster. Uh, not even bottom half. That was you know the bottom yeah, of the, the roster. Bottom of the roster. So yeah, I think he was he was good enough. Let's go to South Philly and talk to Henry. Hey Henry. Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh, first time, long time. Love the show. Nice, My man, man. I appreciate uh, so much. All right. Uh, so at the end of the regular season, I was okay with Gannon in for year two. You know, get him some talent, get him another year it's with experience, whatever. But seeing him on like five, six interviews. It's starting to rub me the wrong way with this guy. Like, Gannon's you don't want to just want to show up here. Yeah, Gannon. He just wants to show up, put a mediocre at best product on the field, and then peace, and like just take the next step up. If I'm a player, I'm kind of annoyed. Like, well, one year, like he doesn't want to build relationships. Yeah, but it's, He's like, it's great hard talker. to blame He's someone like, for getting a head coach job. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, you did consider this, Henry. I hear so, so I hear if it. he gets a head coaching job, he'll get. I would say. I don't know, at least two years guaranteed at like three or four million dollars a year. I mean, like David Cully made twenty two million for exactly, one year. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I get your yeah, point, I, Henry. I, it's life changing it. money on top of the opportunity. I, I get your yeah, point though, yeah. Henry, in the way that uh like it is crazy to think he's already dipping. Like I, I do understand your point, but ultimately I cannot blame him for doing it. I, I wouldn't no, do but, it if I were him. Like if it was up to me, well, let me take that. Yeah, back. it depends too. Like the Broncos job, absolutely. The Texans job, eh, you can make an argument maybe after what just happened with Cully in the one year. And honestly, I think winning four games with the roster yet is actually yeah. like not a bad job by David. I Cully. agree. But the way that all played out, the dysfunction in that organization, the whole Deshaun Watson mess, like you could make an argument that it's worth waiting for a better opportunity than take the Texans job. I think we can get the Vikings job, the Broncos job. Those are solid enough jobs I think you would have to take. I hear you. I just he doesn't want to build anything. Like doesn't he have a desire to 
put a good defense on the field. Like he hasn't I, done. I, I think that's a, one I, year as a defense. I think he has a desire to become a head coach. Yeah, yeah. I, I get your point, Henry, and, and like on a, on a holistic sense, like I agree with the philosophy you're espousing. But like, I just don't think you can blame the guy because he's it's a head coach. There's 32 in the world, 32 of this job, the top of your profession. You do this your life to be at the top of the profession. Like it's hard to say like, oh, don't take that because you're supposed to build in year two as a DC here. I, I couldn't blame the guy. All right, yeah, no, it's all fair, all, all right. fair. I'm just vibes, vibes. No, I Thanks, like guys. it. Love the show. Yeah, keep calling, call man. Thanks, buddy. That was a good call, and, and definitely call again. I, I also think there's something to be said for just striking while the iron's hot. I mean, for whatever you know, and we disagree on the guy on the point. on the job that he it's did. But if people out there want to hire you, like it's dangerous. Look at uh, Brian Dable, and it looks like he will get a, job. get a job. But there are guys who are hot and then go away and never end up getting a job. Yeah, and absolutely, that happens. Yeah, and it's you know it's an interesting question. Like, if I was Gannon, what I would do? Because on one hand, it's like, well, obviously you go become the head coach. Like, there's only 32 of them. You're going to get a big raise, all those things. On the other hand, like, the Eagles have a good thing going. The defense, you would think ah, they're going to – head coach, you have to take it. No, I agree, but I'm just saying from, like, a lifestyle standpoint, do you really want to go fail with the Texans? Like, that's it. Like, you are going to fail with the Texans. Let's be real. And I know, <laughs> and I know, and I know he has to believe in himself and whatever. Does – I'm sure you don't. Like, does anybody out there actually think he's going to be a great head coach? No, right. So part of me is like, I don't know, man. Stick around. Wait for a better opportunity. And, yeah. So it's a tough decision. 215-592-9494. Where do you stay on Jonathan Gannon? Would it be a big loss if he gets one of these head coaching jobs and the Eagles have to start over, so to speak, defensive coordinator? And and also Jalen Hurts, the end of the season, where you're at with him. And, and coming up next, too, Elliot uh, teased it kind of before. We had a – an interesting yeah. kind of fun debate about the 2004 Eagles versus the 2017 Eagles. We want to get your thoughts on that next. 215-592-9494. It's Elliot James Scobers Radio. Let me remind you again that one of the things that we love most about our Park Sportsbook app is that it's not just about the teams and, and only picking teams when you place your bets. That's fun. But they also offer lots of actions and so many different ways to bet on individual player performances. It makes watching the games that much more exciting in football. You can bet on passing and rushing yards, bet on Who's going to score touchdowns and hoops? You can bet on points, rebounds, assists, and hockey. Bet on goal scorers and so much more. Plus, with the live in-game betting and the wildly popular same-game parlays, the Park Sportsbook app is custom-made for you, and that's why it's the only one that we here at GoBirds recommend. And again, there's nothing more fun than watching these games and having a little action on them. You're just way more invested in these games, and it is super fun to scroll through and see the yardage over-unders. And, and listen, the live in-game betting, like, you can make money with this. Like, if you go in liking Tennessee today, let's say, and they go down 7 nothing early, bet on their money line. You're going to get way better odds than if you bet on it now. You can take advantage of this system. It goes up and down. It's wild swings, and it is a chance to make some money, and again, more than anything, it's just way more fun when you got some action on these games. Sign up now, make your first bet risk-free on your favorite player or player you're watching, or of course, bet any game. Just download the app and get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Just go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your first bet risk-free. Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The Park Sportsbook app. The website has all the terms and conditions. Hallelujah! Jim, James. Jimothy. Elliot. 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 Radio. Presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Hour two for Elliot and James. That's me. That's you. That is you. That's me. 
No denying that. <laughs> That's big. Look, we can disagree on Gannon. We can disagree on if it's a successful year. Yeah. You're definitely James. Yeah, you're definitely Elliot. So there we go. Facts. This is this is the dynamite radio that yeah. we bring you every Saturday, one to three. Coming up later, John Johnson at three o'clock, and then uh, Tennessee Titans versus the Cincinnati Bengals. After that, and then after that, more football. So you don't have to change the station all day. Quick rapid, yeah. quick fire question. This time next year, are the Eagles playing in this round of the playoffs? Yes or no? You don't have to explain your answer. Just say yes or no. All right, well, it's not quick fire. At this I point. don't know. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, I th- okay. like right now, if I had to guess, and again, there's a whole offseason, there's moves. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback, all that stuff. But if I had to guess, I would think they're probably going to 9 8 8 9 team again next year. Yeah. Like, that I would, would be- guess no if I had to guess. Yeah. I, I think no is a fair guess. I think that's know? like a safe, that's the safer yeah, guess. You just yeah, bet it. it is the safer guess. Yeah. So that was where I want to go. But I'm also like, yeah, that would be really a bummer. Well, I mean, look, we're here to tell the truth. You're damn right, Unless buddy. we're wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, unless we're Mad Mike and then we'll yeah. refuse to say. 215-592-9494, debating Jonathan Gannett. Would it be a huge loss for the Eagles if they lost him? Plus, coming up in a minute, uh, Elliot and I had a fun little uh, uh, hypothetical discussion about the 2017 team versus the 2014. We want to get your thoughts on that first. Let's go back to the phones and go to Roxborough and talk to Frank. Hey, Frank. Hey, guys. How you doing? What up, Frank? How you doing? Yeah. Uh, first of all, um, Jalen Hurts. Yes, sir. Uh, I think we. I think he deserves another season because let's uh, let's put some talent around him. Yeah. And then we can make a a, a real good judgment. decision. It is a good point. Look, I mean, he literally had two guys, and granted, you could say the offensive line is talent, which is him, huge. Right? And the running backs were good enough, certainly throughout the course of the season, that the stable of guys they had. But in terms of pass catchers like Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith, it was was it. So you could argue there wasn't a lot of talent. Where I would push back on you, Frank, though, is like, yes, of course you want to put more talent around him. But he had an elite offensive line, an elite running game, an elite tight end, and a really good receiver. Like, wherever you want to put Devontae. Really, the only place he didn't have a great player was opposite Devontae. If right, you think right, about right. it, Devontae was not elite yet. No, Devontae but he was, was a good. nice receiver yes, this year. Agreed. He's not like God. a one, one this year. Like I think he can be and and, and will be. But like this season, or, Devontae Smith was not a like he wasn't even Jamar Chase, much less you know, yeah, Diggs, these and, type of guys. And and guys, we're talking like he's only twenty three. Like we're talking like he's never going to get like like this is his ceiling, and that's it, Frankie. Uh, like. Frank, I don't believe that. I, Frank, that's been the thing that I keep bringing up over and over and over again is, is is how young he is. And to assume that he can't get better is silly. Again, like Elliot keeps bringing up, he's, he's younger than Kenny Pickett. Yeah. He's younger right. than Carson Wentz was when he first started playing for the Eagles. Like, Jalen is super young, man. Like, so I'm with like you on he, that, Frank. He needs some coaching up. Why can't we bring in a guy like Buffalo brought in for Josh Allen to work with them? Yeah, I look. I, I think he. Ha- I think Frank. he improved. I mean, I don't think he. Ha- he didn't. Uh, he wasn't worse. And this look, year I'm than he was. sure he is going to be working with someone this offseason. We don't know if it'll be Jordan Palmer or whatever, but like he's going to be working with someone this offseason. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you a question to kind of circle back to the topic of the day. I agree that Hertz' age is in his favor. Like he is young. He's younger than Kenny Pickett. You, you know, I don't know if he still is younger than Carson, but was you know that stat that he was younger in his first start than Carson was in his whatever. 
and people think Sirianni can grow. Like Gannon's very young for defensive I, so coordinator. I can't I'm just it curious. Took you an hour and five minutes to make the best point that I've been waiting. I was really happy you didn't say this the whole show because it's the it's you're right. You're right. Like, it's the best point. It's the best point. He's Bad job by years me. Old yeah. And it was his first year as a defensive. I was waiting though. I wasn't going to feed it to you. But I I, I, I respect. I that. don't have a great comeback to that. I was very disappointed when I saw this yeah. year. But like, if you want to say, hey, he's 39 years old, super well respected, and it was first time ever being a defensive coordinator, then I could be like, you know what? That's a decent argument, and I I did not think he was good enough so that I'm, like, excited for him to get better, but could he be better? Sure, absolutely. So I, I do think that's a really fair point. I still have to go with what I saw and and the, the, the mistakes that he made this year, the defenses we saw and all that, and say that I was not impressed with this guy, but it's a very fair comeback. Well, and that's one of my Gannon things is I think the, the floor is high with Gannon. Like, you're right that he might not have the potential and the, for the blitzing thing. I don't think they have the personnel to build, to blitz, but I also don't know if they did if Gannon could do it. Like I don't know if he'd be able to scheme up a blitz because he really, from my eyes, and again, I'm not like a, a an amazing all 22 X's and nose breakdown, but from watching it, to me, it did not look like they tried to do a lot of creative blitzing. So can he do it with better personnel? I don't know. He might not be able to. But why I think Gannon would be a loss is we know the floor is relatively high. Like we know that. You can feel pretty confident going into next year that when they play bad offenses, this defense will play well enough to win, and that should not be overlooked. Coming up in a minute, we'll get to our fun hypothetical with the 0-4 in 2017. First, let's go to North Carolina and talk to Dan. Hey, Danny. James Z and ESP. Love How you that. doing, fellas? I'm good, buddy. What How up, you? man? All right, I'm a pod listener. Uh, yes! I've been calling yes. for a couple of months. I must say one of the most entertaining times for me as a pod listener was trying to listen to Elliot decipher uh, the Jaws theme song, and he couldn't yes. get it for an hour. <laughs> I was yelling well, it in my car. you know, to be fair, the quote was given to me incorrectly in retrospect. Oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm aware. You still should have gotten it. Uh, yeah, um, it's a different debate. Thank you, Dan. The point yeah. is it was given to me incorrectly. <laughs> yes. All right, all right, fellas. I, I, I want to get down to one thing that you always say in my podcast, and that's that you guys are a bottom-line podcast True. and are a bottom-line staff. I like where this is so going. What, yeah, it's, uh, what would you say is the most bottom-line stat for judging a team's success? Is it wins? Is it touchdowns? Is it DVOS? I think it's wins. I think bottom-line, oh. like most bottom-line, again, I think context matters in a lot of cases, but bottom-line wins. All right, and so by wins, therefore playoffs and playoff appearances and wins, et cetera, sure, along sure. that line. Sure, look, and, you know, okay. lucky, like, like the Chargers. James is already pushing back. No, I'm just saying, no, like, I'm just like, like not all nine-win seasons are created equal. Yes. You made nine-win. The Chargers went 9-8. They didn't make the playoffs. The Eagles went 9-8. They did. The Saints didn't make the playoffs 9-8, and that's how it all plays out, but I'm just putting a little context in there. But, yes, wins, playoff appearance, playoff wins, that's the stuff that bottom line matters most. All right, James, you're going to be upset that you said this. He's already and upset. Ellie, I can see happy. I yeah, can see I'm it in his eyes. He knows this isn't going his way. Yeah. He claims to be right. a bottom-line guy, but he is not really a bottom-line <laughs> guy. A for what it's worth. bottom-line yeah. guy. That's fine. Admit so, that. Yeah. Go so ahead, since Danny. 2010, when the current general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles mm. over uh, 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 the Philadelphia uh, uh, Eagles up, rank up. 11 in wins, 8 in playoff, playoff makes, 10 in playoff wins, and are only one of nine teams to win the Super Bowl. So I have a question for you, James, specifically. Mm-hmm. Sure. If you are a bottom-line podcast and you just said wins and playoff mm-hmm. appearances are the most important way to measure that, how can you sit there and say that Howie Rosen is not top 10, maybe top 15 general manager in the NFL for the past so, 10 years for Philadelphia Oh, oh, oh hold up. I, I could say that I've admitted that Howie has had great years. Like, I think he was the best general manager in football in 2017. I'm talking about now. And if you want to, like, we can spin those wins the way you want. Like, they've only won four playoff games since 2008. 
that's something you consider. 2009, you've only won four playoff Is that games. right? Yep, four wow. playoff games. Yeah, they've only won four. They've only won four. So, I mean, that's another way to look yeah. at it. And it was three of them in the same season, right? I'd so be curious had, to know where that ranks. They've though. had two seasons where they won a playoff game since 2009. Like, so, you know, to, you could take these stats and spin them a lot of different ways. I agree that over his entire tenure, how he absolutely has a track, has had success at times and stuff. But I'm looking at where this team is at and where the downward slope that they have been on from a roster perspective the last few years. But look, even I said at the end of the season that Howie had a better year than I expected. Like, I'm still not a Howie fan, but I can't sit here and say he had a bad year. He had a I'm good curious, year. where would you two rank Howie? Just quickly. Like, if you had to, like, would you say he's top 15? Would you say he's top 15, James? I think he's probably somewhere 15 to 20 range right now. Okay, yeah. where would you, what would you say, Dan? Somewhere in there. I, I would say I would say around ten. That's just kind of what the rankings indicate. And uh, James, to be fair, you're great at admitting you're wrong. Mad Mike, take notes, buddy. Um, <laughs> so true, so true. Uh, but I do want to. There's one. Uh, there's two quick points I want to sure. say. One thing, um, and then I'll, then I'll let you guys go and yeah. get back to the uh, 04 to 17 debate. One, Elliot always does make makes the good point that Hallie Rosen's good at weathering the ebbs and flows. We've only had uh, two um, four-win seasons under Howard Roseman Tudor and then been in the playoffs the next year after every single time. And the other uh, sub-500 season, he was 7-9. and nine, So, And the next year, they won the Super Bowl. So, yep. yeah. I'm a little no, slack yeah, there. Sure. And then final one hypothetical for you guys. Love it. Maybe to add on to the 04 versus 17 debate. Assuming that they are playing at their uh, same level they played this year for the next 10 years, and assuming that their contracts are up, they are paid their market value, who would you rather have on your team? Jordan Mailata or Justin Jefferson? Boys, I'm going to hang up. Oh, have a great rest of your day. Dan, I like, wonder if he's the one that left that Dan, comment. Dan, call, call. the day. Keep calling. Like, and he, he didn't even hang up on him. He hung up himself. What yeah. a phenomenal <laughs> call, Dan. Um, you know I, what the answer to that question is. <sighs> you know what it is. Yeah. You, you know that if you had to pick out of the I two, it doesn't to, mean it's not I a bad I would move. have to take Mailata. Yeah. And, and, but just, like, for those who don't know Justin Jefferson, is like my favorite non-eagle in the sport. I was right. devastated when they picked him. I loved him at LSU. Like, this has long been a thing for me. But, yeah, like, I think Jordan Mailata has a chance to be a top-five tackle in the NFL. Like, you have to take that. Like, now, let to. me ask you this. What do you think is more true? Like, is the Mailata pick a better pick than the Justin Jefferson was Than the Rager was a bad pick? Because well, I guess the point I make is I think it's harder It's harder to find Jordan Mailata in the seventh round than it is to find Justin Jefferson in the first. Well, and he missed, not, but I think it's a better— It's the it's the level of miss, though. We're talking about a guy who, who we think, and I don't think he will be— He's like a top be. three or four receiver we think, in the league. Yeah, well, yeah, but also on the other side, a guy who we think after two years should not be an eagle anymore. He's been that bad yes. with the other flip of it. Look, I, I think it's similar. I think it's an interesting question. Look, I've said to you before, I think Jordan the Jordan Mailata thing— period, like in and of itself, just picking Jordan Mailata in the seventh round as a rugby player and turning him into what they've turned him into. And as you know, I think Jeff Stoutland deserves all the credit in the world for it. Like, I think it's one of the best picks in the history or last 20 years in the NFL. Like in terms of getting, if he can turn into what we think he can, and he is a top five tackle in the NFL. And you got that guy as a seventh round rugby player. Yeah, like late too. Like that's an all time, all time draft pick for any team. So I like agree. it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't degrade it on other, but I do think that there, the way this is playing out, it also looks like because it's the exact same position and he went the next pick after Rager over Jefferson is an all-time miss, too. Absolutely, yeah. The the interesting thing off the Stoutland, you know, how you say he deserves credit for uh, my lot, and he absolutely does. I mean, Stoutland is like a Hall of Fame assistant coach, mm -hmm. right? Where would you fall on the receivers coach for the Eagles? Because when you I think look he did a at, bad job. Well, like Rager has now Rager might just not be good. And yep. but but by that same token, my lotta might just be great. Mm -hmm. So like Rager's not improved. Quez Watkins 
he was like I don't know if I would fine. say he's improved, but I just think Quez Watkins is better than his draft spot from a talent perspective. Yeah. And like, like John Hightower hasn't improved. Arcega Whiteside hasn't improved. That's a good point. Um, Devontae Smith was like like a coach's dream in terms of like came as an elite route runner, super hard work ethic, great hands. Like so, I don't even know if I can really point to that and be like he did a great job. If we're gonna like praise Stoutland for how well he does with. Not just my lotta, like, you know, uh, Nate Herbig, like all these guys. I think it's time to start also looking at the receivers coach 100%. and say, like, why are none of these players developing? Yeah, and Aaron Moorhead, the first receivers coach to actually get back-to-back years yeah. in, like, seven years or whatever it was. So, like, he's had two years to work with this group. And Devontae, the one guy, came in ready to roll, and he didn't And, like, the most to, ready to roll you can be the, outside exactly. of being skinny. So, no, I think it's a great point. And granted, you're, to your point, it could be that the talent just isn't good enough and stuff. But I think we ex- absolutely have to look and say Aaron Moore has not done a great job so right. far, without question. Uh, 215-592-9494. Back to the phones in a sec. So, Elliot, you came to me with a – we're sitting out kind of planning our show, talking about what we're going to talk about. And you had a fun little hypothetical for me. Yeah, well, the show didn't take long to plan because it was basically, I think Gannon would be a loss. You said no, and then uh, that was like, that. Yeah, let's go. What so else we, can we, we talk about? We had some time to kill. But I was thinking about this. Uh, I forget when it was. But, like, which do you think has more time? Which team had more all-time great Eagles? The 2004 team that lost the Super Bowl or the 2017 team that won it? And I think it's interesting because on the surface, like, my initial, like, gut reaction is, oh, it's 04. They had McNabb. They had Dawkins. Like, they have, they had Westbrook. Like, those are all-time, all-time great Eagles. Like, those three are probably in the top, I don't know, like, 10 all Eagles yeah, all-time. Well, I mean, I think Dawkins is the all-time Eagle right. for at least our generation for sure. And, and McNabb is, you know, I, the best quarterback in the history of the franchise, most people would say, and, and all right. that. But what's interesting is when we went through it, it was way closer than I expected. Which is so. my gut reaction was 2017, too. Yeah. I, and I think the thing that and, – and and you can chime in on this. This is the list we came up with. Elliot, why don't you give out the list okay. we came up with for each. We ended up having like nine and nine. And then there are a few guys who it's like hard to – like David Akers. We'll, we'll go tough, through them. We'll go, go ahead. Through. Go ahead. Okay, so 2000, the 2004 team. And here real are the, quick, just to clarify, all-time Eagles is, is not just how great you were on the field. It's like how great you were on the field, what you meant to the franchise, how the fan base feels about you. Like are you someone that we, we, we will always love and always care about? Yes. So Donovan McNabb, these are the non-debates. Donovan McNabb, Brian Westbrook, John Runyon, Trey Thomas, Brian Dawkins. And then so this is where it gets a little more. Those are the five locks. Yeah. Uh, so Terrell Owens. Yeah, that was one discussion. interesting discussion because I think, look, we've talked about him like an all-time Eagle. He's been talked about on this station as much as, uh, uh, you know, John Runyon or whatever right. you want to say, you know, which is a crazy thought. But, like, so I think it's an interesting one, especially because he was, you know, for one year, the best receiver we've ever seen in Eagles uniform. So I think that's an interesting one. And then Jeremiah Trotta and Hugh, and Hugh Douglas, all-time great Eagles, were not at the peak of their career. They had left and came back at that yep. point. And then David Akers, like, you are st- you could build an argument Jake Elliott's the best kicker in franchise history, but I think David Akers is just an all-time great Eagle that Jake is not I mean, yet. David Akers, for whatever you want to take this as, David Akers has appeared in the most playoff games in an Eagles uniform of any yeah. player ever. It's 19. Bra- Dawkins is second with 18. But David Akers has appeared as in an Eagles uniform as a player more than anyone else in a playoff game ever. So so that is something. It matters. You and know? then we had Ike Reese on there just because he is an all-time great like All-time Eagle, them. yeah. Yes. Like, you wouldn't say necessarily like he's of the class of those guys on the field, but like Ike is an all-time Eagle because of, of the, you know, 10 yes. years after and all that stuff. So McNair- Nab, Westbrook, Runyon, Trey Thomas, T.O., Dawkins, Trotter, Hugh Douglas, David Akers is nine. So mm-hmm. those were our 2004. 2017, Nick Foles, Zach Ertz, Lane Johnson, Jason Peters, Jason Kelsey, uh, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Malcolm Jenkins, I think are all like locks. Like locks. Yeah, like yeah, they're locks. indisputable. Yep. And then Rodney McLeod, I think, is on the list, but 
you could convince me otherwise. Yeah. So that makes it nine to nine. And I think what's and then int- we didn't talk about there are a lot of like the, the Chris Longs and the guys who we love in this city and will always love because right. they were awesome and great personalities and part. I of will that crush team. your face. <laughs> Was that a, I'm guessing that was a That mistake. was John Ritchie. You didn't include Ritchie. Oh, yeah, well, I don't think Ritchie, well, but Ritchie <laughs> was. Himself. Yeah. Ritchie was, yeah, no. I'm on. just saying, you know, your 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 coworker might be insulted, I, James. I don't think he would be. I think, like, I love John Ritchie, but we're talking about, like, you know, the Ritchie was here yeah, for two Ike years. Yeah, Ike was, yeah, like, I his whole career pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I spent his whole career here. Um, so 2017, the other interesting part of that is they're all in the prime of their careers. Like, the 2004 Eagles, McNabb, I mean, you could probably was his prime. It was the best year of his career, but he had been good for a long time. Westbrook, I guess, maybe is prime, but like Zach Ertz, prime of his career. Lane Johnson, Jason Peters was injured, but that was one of his better years. Jason Kelsey, like, I think there's an argument that if in 20 years we sit down to do this list again, there I think are it's more a, in 2017. I think 2017's the winner, and not just more. I think that when you look at it, like, A, because they won the Super Bowl, and that does matter. Yes. Like, they have that. Like, Foles isn't on it if they don't We're, win. Right, but but he did, and yeah. thus he is a legend be, simply because of that, much less all the other stuff that we love Nick Foles for and all that. So I do think that matters. And then on top of it, like, whatever it is, like, the other the list of 04 guys, there's some controversial Philly guys there. Like, Donovan McNabb was not – totally loved by the city the way he should have been. T.O., a very controversial figure. Yeah, to say the least. Like, to say the least. Yeah. Whereas, like, the 2017 list is, like, all guys we love. Like, yeah, like, like, Foles is involved in controversy, but he himself is not a controversial Like, a wonderful figure. man. who All yeah. you do is say, like, what a great human, you know? And, like, you know, like, I think that, that in terms of, like, beloved, 10 years from now, I think that 2017 list will be more beloved than the 04 list. Yeah, and you and then you talk about like just popular Eagles. I mean, in terms of like having a good what's the expression like Q rating, right? Mm-hmm. Like Foles, Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, yeah, like BG those are top of the three. Like Dawkins is up there too, but yeah. in just terms of like it's love, a great list. It's a yeah. great, so if you want to chime in on that, what do you think is more like beloved, more all time Eaglesy, the O four or the seventeen team? Chime in on that as well. Two one five five nine two ninety four nine four. Let's go back to the phones and go to South Carolina and talk to our buddy Rick. Hey, Rick. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? What up, Rick? How you doing? Elliot had me worried at the top of the show with, that we were losing one of the better coaches. I thought I missed a headline about Jeff Stoutland. <laughs> <laughs> well, he would definitely be a huge Well loss. done, He'd Rick. be a bigger loss well than done. Gannon. Yes, I'll, I'll acknowledge yes. that, yeah. The Elliot, city might I melt down something. if we lost Stoutland. Elliot, listening to y'all's podcast is definitely educational. I, I learned something we have in common. I'll come back to that in a second, but... Elliot, I think you're, uh, you're uh, my new term, you are ragering this call on Gannon. Yes. Oh, that uh, was you, Rick? Was that you who left that, that Times yeah. Zero's call? That was fa- sorry, So Rick yes, left a time, phenomenal Times Zero's call where he's like, we have a new <laughs> noun for when you totally screw something up. Like, I ragered that draft pick. How we wow. ragered that draft pick. Phenomenal noun. So, Go man. ahead. So uh, or maybe it's a verb, but anyway. Yeah, yeah so, it's um, a verb. You're right. It's a verb, not yeah. a noun. My bad. So that's okay. So, so um, yeah, I, I understand he – he has the personnel he has. I just watching the games this year. He was too timid. I want somebody who doesn't strive to be vanilla. I, you know, you may not have the personnel, but I want you to strive to be like a Jim Johnson, rest in peace, or a Sean McDermott. Let me push back on that, Rick, because I agree. Like in an ideal world, this any defense, but especially like in this city, right? You want an attacking defense that's super aggressive, like blitzing all those things. But and I'll throw this to James too. Like, what if it was worse that way? Like, what if they he did do that, right? And then they were giving up more points than they were. Like, well, we'll never know. He just let them cut him, cut him up, 
Yeah, right, but dice but, him but, apart. Like, why not try but, but, something? But, How much worse could it be than ninety percent completion? But you don't think he thought that? Like, you don't? Do you think you could? Do you guys? I don't know what was going through his Rick, head. Rick, I do you like... really, Rick? Do you really think that he sat there each week and was like, "Well, I could try something creative, but nah, I'm just not going to do it." Like, obviously, they felt it wasn't the right decision to to try to do more in terms of like. Because, again, blitzing, it all sounds well and good until you give up an 80-yard touchdown over the head of the single man in coverage, right? Like Jim Schwartz, right? he, I guess, was viewed as more aggressive. They played a ton of man coverage, and their cornerbacks got beat all the time down the field. So, yes, ideally you want to Elliot. do it, but there is a downside to it. Let's not act like it's just going to work if he does it all of a sudden. Elliot, it was embarrassing, that statistic earlier in the season. Since 1933 inception, there were, like, X number of games where quarterbacks had completed over 80%. I know, yes. People care uh, and, about and like five of five of the thirteen was this year or something yeah, like that. They were so, completing uh, a lot anyway. of points. Uh, they were completing a lot of passes. They, it's too it's too soft. Too too much. But too, that was uh, the game soft. plan. Like they they that was what they were. In a <laughs> that, weird that's way. the point. Why would that be your game plan? Because you they didn't have the personnel to be blitzing oh and be creative. God. Like they didn't. Do, do either of you guys dispute that? Rick, you started the call by saying I, the personnel. Of course wasn't I say, but we know the personnel wasn't good. But of course it doesn't mean you can't do it. But you have to take that, that into mean, account when judging it. You can't just gloss over. And especially if you coach them all season long, don't you think by the end of the season? You could have gotten them in a point where they could. Well, they were until like, they played the Bucks. Yeah, uh, they played a good they quarterback. Were. Yep, uh, we could do good against bad quarterbacks. But, awesome. Okay. Well, be careful what you wish for, so, man. Oh, I'm, I'm very. So, I know you are. Yeah. So, Elliot, so Elliot, I have a friend from Leeds. There's a teaching hospital. Oh, there. yes, I'm there. loving this already. And Go so ahead. I've been a, I've been a fan for about three years since they made it back into the Premier League. My Did favorite you watch player the game is this morning? That was disappointing. It was terrible. Yes. yes. But my favorite player is Rafinha. Uh, I don't understand why they don't play the young kid more, like even start him. Gellhard, yeah. So here's the thing, What is happening? Here's the thing, Rick. Here's the thing, Rick. Rick, DM me on Twitter because I really want to talk to you about this. But I'm loving your fantastic call, my friend. Okay, I'm not on Twitter. I'm uh, I'm, on LinkedIn. But anyway, thank you. Rick, always a pleasure, my friend. That was fun. I have my Leeds jersey on. It was a terrible, terrible loss. It was tough. Yeah, Yeah. well, only I know because Elliot and I are neighbors now, for those who don't know, so we come to work together for our shows. So we were supposed to leave at like 1140 or whatever, and Elliot's like, yeah, it's going to be longer. I'm watching the Leeds game. Yeah. Like, they they played right, like the worst cool. team in That's the league. That's so cute. You guys carpool to work? We walk, yeah. yeah we we'll usually walk. walk in or whatever, but yeah. yeah we'll, well, I'm loving that he brought that up. I know no one else cared, <laughs> but. 215-592-9494. Would it be a huge loss if Jonathan Gannon gets a head coaching job and the Eagles lose him? And, and 04 versus 17. When it's all said and done a decade from now, 20 years from now, which which team are we going to look back on and say, that had more all-time Eagles? We, those are more beloved. Wh- yeah. Which one? 215-592-9494. It's Elliot. It's James. It's Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back. 30 minutes of Go Birds Radio left, presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. John Johnson coming up after that. Power hour for John. So I, I saw a stat this week that the Flyers are the first team, I'm sure it's in NHL history since that's where they play, to uh, lose 10-plus games twice in the first 40. You're very 40. close. Oh, in the first 40 games. Yes, in the first 40 games, that. right? So they're not they're the first since 2010-2011 season to lose 10 games in a row twice in a season, and you're correct. They're the first in the yeah. history of the sport to lose 10 games in a row twice in their first 40 games. And what's so wild about that is, and this isn't breaking news to anybody, but they are like one of the worst teams almost ever. And I don't even think it's a debate that people are still way more mad, way more frustrated oh, yeah. about a missed draft pick from Reger two years ago. Oh, it's not Like, close. think about that. They're literally in a historic losing yeah, pace. And it just shows to me, and again, this is not breaking news, but the level the Eagles are held to in this city versus the other franchises well, and is also, unbelievably and also, different. And also, the Flyers are 
absolutely smack dab at the bottom of those four franchises, too. That's I agree right. with you. The level that the Eagles are held to is way higher than the Phillies and the, and the Sixers, too. But at least the Phillies and Sixers are held to a high level. Like, the Flyers, it's just... Who cares? Like, it's a disaster. I agree. I don't think the ownership cares. I don't think anyone cares. Ever since Ed Snyder died, no one cares about the Flyers. And and it's worn out on the ice. And and they are a team that I don't think cares about winning. I think they care about making money. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. And it's their embarrassment right now. They but are an embarrassment of a franchise. It's just when I saw that, and it was, you know, there's always a lot of regular debate. And people, especially this week, are talking about them. It's just so funny to look at, like, that versus, like, a missed draft pick. It's just, yeah. I don't know. No, I feel you. It wasn't that interesting of a point. It was, it, was, yeah, it was okay. Down the middle? It wasn't your best. I'm not going to, you know. Fair. I thought it was a good segue into Eagles stuff Look from Flyers. It, you know, he could have done worse connecting could have just two. not brought up the Flyers. Yeah, probably too. wasn't. Yeah, the, yeah not, not necessary. It's just crazy to me. A missed draft pick versus, like, historic losing. Yeah, I get your point. Different levels yeah. of anger. Yeah, it's a yeah. good point. It's a good point. I mean, it was the worst missed draft pick, but yes, I get it. Yes. Two on five, five, nine, two, 94, 94. Let's go back to the phones and go to Glassboro and talk to my guy, Black Gritty. What up, Black Gritty? What up, speaking, speaking, of the, speaking of the flies and my name being Black Gritty, man, I got got a change, got a tape name over my shirts now when I'm in these streets. Right I know, now. right? I know. <laughs> Yeah, I know they're doing the. Yo, they're, they're hurting the brand. R I T T Y off and just be Black G, and we're good to go. <laughs> and you move forward. Definitely killing the brand. Sad gritty out here in the street. You know oh yeah, mean? sad gritty. But, um, that's pretty good actually. Go <laughs> that makes me sad to hear that. Sad, sad gritty. Sad gritty. Um, you know, you Elliot are mm. dying on this hill with this defense because now you can't even hold on to your. Whoa, oh, and the points allowed. And, Reads the run of the. I was like, you know what? The defense was bad. And the in defense that wasn't game, bad. And the, the yes, it was. In the playoff game. Oh, in the playoff game, yeah. In, no, and well, in general, they were good against bad quarterbacks. But in the playoff game, my biggest problem was one: the head coach told me he didn't see Regers fumble because he was over there with the defense trying to get that going in the right way. That's not crazy, but, to be fair. Like all no, head coaches talk with coordinators and stuff no, 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 during no. a special teams what, play. What What's crazy is the result of the conversation then. Okay, you've got two injured linemen who are wobbling out there. And again, like you just said, what do you want to do? Just blitz them to get beat over the top? I'd like you to try once or twice. I'd like to see it on a series. I'd like to see it for a quarter. Because guess what? At this point, we're already down. We ain't scored no points. And you got two dudes on the line that are never hurt and are out there playing injured and are struggling and still holding up against our line front, and you don't bring a blitz. So what was the conversation about? Well, hold, hey, hold keep on. Doing the same thing you're doing. Yeah. Well, hold on. First of all, thing? they were 31st in the league in blitzing, so I'm not going to beat the drum of they blitz because obviously they did not blitz a lot. But I'm in the first Buccaneers game. I think they blitzed Brady on 25% of his dropbacks. In the Chargers game, I think the number was right around there too. Like he did blitz more as the season went on. Then when he started playing the bad quarterbacks, he didn't blitz at all because why would you blitz against those? You guys? don't have to. Right. Exactly. But I mean, to be fair, like if we're going to give Sirianni credit for adjusting to the run, it was just way more successful his adjustment. But when when I mean Gannon did blitz more from like week one to week seven or whenever they stopped playing the good the good quarterbacks. Like he did blitz more. Again, you keep trying to make the mantle of, what do you want to do, just blitz all the time? You want to be like the 2004 Eagles? No. We know we don't have that kind of defense. Again, I'm specifically speaking to you have two injured offensive linemen and you don't bring extra pressure. Well, but the, the the pass rush was getting home to Brady as that game went on. To be fair, I mean, even Ryan yeah, Kerrigan they, they had a their, sack. They got their five meaningless sacks. Yeah, okay, well, I'm just saying over. you're talking about pass rush. You're saying once the guys were injured, you should have blitzed more. They were getting sacks. pass rush because if you were finally getting sacked because the linemen were injured with your front four pressure, just again, 
I, I hear what you're saying. You're going to defend the dude because that's what you do. You're defending it. Hopefully, he gets a job somewhere else. Please, you know, I know we don't please. have a personnel. Let him get a job somewhere else. Okay. And then Care everything you will be for, right as rain. Uh, uh, baby mama, how you doing? I ain't get to talk I'm to you. I'm good, today. buddy. How Elliot are you? Thor Park got me over here sore. I'm I get race. it. I, I got to check on you. You know what I mean? I'm good, man. Uh, it's good to hear your voice. Love you guys. My man. <laughs> you know, it's the off season, but we always got to do it, brothers. I know. Go, be a fun Go birds, baby. Love it, though. Yeah, the best. Yeah, and just be careful what you wish for. Like, I, I understand. I'm pretty careful. I feel I know, good about it. I know. I feel, I feel like, very, very If your fine. biggest issue is the defensive coordinator can't stop the elite quarterbacks, good luck finding one that can. All right. Good buddy. luck. All right. Good yeah. luck. Just keep keep bashing your head against the wall. And not bashing my head against the wall. Thing. Oh, well, it's, your, it's, your, it's also your main criticism. I guess we're going to give up 90% passing again today because there's a good quarterback against us. I guess we can't and get it's a most stop because we good quarterback against us. I guess we'll never stop a good quarterback because we're not going to scheme for him. We're just going to be like, sit back and be yep. like, oh. Maybe he'll make a mistake. Yeah. That's a great defensive plan. Well, <laughs> look, whatever plans, what, any, any of these defenses they're trying against these quarterbacks for the most part don't work. So you can just pick your poison. Let's go to South Philly and talk to my brother, Darren, who has a, a look, a take on another caller here. Darren, what are you suggesting, my friend? I'm sitting here saying, tell that man, Mike, uh, Mad Mike, can I admit that he's wrong and own it, not make a clarification. Just say, look, I was wrong. The Eagles are better than I expected. He shouldn't be allowed to call into the station, or at least to this radio station, because Ooh. at this point, at this point, I'll say this: Eagles fans, for the most part, except for you, Bad Mike, until you do it, we're accountable. We might have the most weirdest aspirations, but we can admit when we're wrong, and that's where you need to get Elliot. Because oh, I always admit just, when I'm wrong. No, 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 no. Because did you just sit here and say that? The reason why we don't blitz is because Jim, Jim, I'm oh, sorry, Jim, uh, the, the former coordinator, I can't Jim Johnson, name. sure, yeah, no shorts, no shorts. The last okay, one. Yeah. Jim Johnson's been gone for 20 years. So let's not do that. Okay, but uh, shorts, uh, shorts uh, played one on one, and so that's why we got torched like that. But even when we were getting torched, like with the double moves, we were getting beat by double moves, and quarterbacks still weren't complete completing 90 percent of passes. So that because they the were harder passes. It doesn't matter. It absolutely matters. When you're talking about the completion percentage, the Eagles' main objective to a certain degree was give up short underneath passes, which are easy passes. Like, that's my thing with the whole completion percentage It's like saying, hold on, hold on. It's like people ripping Brett Brown for saying he had a bad record his first few years. Their objective was to lose. So, yes, he had an historically bad record because they were trying to lose. They were giving up a higher completion percentage because to a certain degree, the plan of the defense was to give up short passes. But he made no attempt to correct that. My thing is this: so by your by your definition, okay, we're just going to ding dunk, not change anything, and give up ninety percent of pass and get killed. That's what you want to do. I'm saying when 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 any defense plays these elite quarterbacks, it's extremely hard to stop them. Would no you hold on? Would you rather have it? Would you rather have it? Yes, because period. that's by design. That's the point I'm making. But what I'm saying is, you're right. When they play these elite quarterbacks, I don't feel good about the defense going in. I would challenge you guys to find a defensive coordinator that next year would make you say, I feel good about Ted the defense. Bowl, uh, t- uh, the, 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 uh, Vic the Fangio. Yeah, Todd Vic Bowles is one of the best defensive coordinators of all Vic time. Vic Fangio. Yeah, Vic Fangio is also one of the best of all time. But he's available. He is out but there. But say you can't, as a defensive coordinator, you can't stop elite quarterback is, is a lie, flat out. The good one I, I should have said Dave, there's not a lot of them. I should have said that. There's not a lot of them. There's not. Mm-hmm. And again, if you if so, here would be my let's have a, a Vic Fangio conversation. Sure. Tell me if you think this is an irrational feeling, a, a fear, or an irrational fear or not. Do you think there'd be any worry in bringing in Fangio with the dynamic with Sirianni? Now, I know Jim Schwartz and Doug won a Super Bowl, so that's the ultimate trump card. 
But we remember, like, there were issues with Doug and Schwartz early on. And, like, Schwartz wanted to be a head coach, and he was a former head coach, and he no, had I'm experience. I'm not too worried about that. You should, okay. I'm not. I don't know if I'm or not. It's just it's something I would think about. Fangio just failed as head coach. He's getting a D.C. job. Like, I'm not worried okay. about it. I, I actually go the opposite way and think, like, it's it's actually a real value. I think one of the things this staff missed this year was a veteran guy who's been to a bunch of playoff games for other teams, who's been in these spots before, who could have kind of calmed things down and gotten things better in that playoff game and in those big spots. So I actually think it'd be a value to have that's a good. That's a good counterpoint. Guy like Fangio here. 215-592-9494. Gus in Beth, formerly Allentown, now Bethlehem. How we doing, Gus? This is, yeah, thanks, James. Listen, the thing is, it's much easier for an offensive line coach to develop a Pro Bowl offensive tackle than it is for a receiver coach to develop a Jefferson. That's why I'd always pick a um, Jefferson over a Milano. I mean, is that always. true? I mean, I guess the receiver depends on the quarterback, but I would say tackle is a harder position. No, no. Oh. A great offensive line coach can take guys that were, that were cut and turn them into all pros. I mean, look, I, I mean, I, for example, Andres Villanueva, who was an Eagle exactly. and was cut, went to bingo. Pittsburgh and became well, all pro. So, so I do think there has to be a requisite level of skill and talent there or physical abilities, but I, I would agree that, it's like, really it's harder skill, to create it's really a, a technique position. Well, but, Gus, it, then, then, then why do – if you're talking position. about, like, it's easier – you're essentially saying it's easier to get an elite tackle than it is a receiver. Is that basically your point? It's more important – let's put it this way. It's more important to have an elite offensive line coach. That's the key. Yeah, and I agree with that. that's what the Eagles have. Yeah. Well, and look, uh, the but, offensive but linemen you, benefit you off each other, too. You always draft a Chase or a Jefferson. Always. You always draft those guys. I, did, I, I disagree. I mean, you look in the draft all the time, tackles go ahead of receivers. Like, all well, the time. I disagree with you. And by the way, I want to answer your question. I want to answer your question. Why do you always punch down rather than punch up? Me? Yeah. What Who am I mean? punching down? It's always about, well, it always could be worse. Or look at all the teams below us. Or it's always, you always are going down. It's never like... Your standard is always like sort of well, mediocre, sub mediocre. It's an interesting. I, I, it's an interesting I want the Eagles to be as good as Belichick when it comes to drafting. I want the coaching to be as good as Belichick. I want excellence. I, I want. I don't want to be content with the fact of the Cole Comfort Farm that there's a whole bunch of you know bottom feeders worse than we are. I don't get any comfort from that, Elliot. And you're always pitching that, and right. you're always running interference for Roseman by reminding us that they're even. Dumber general managers out there. Well, I don't care. All right, Gus, really Gus, quick. Good Gus. phone call. So, look, I think it's it's a fair point in that, yes, that's what I've been saying, but I think that's because a lot of people want people fired. Like, I have to say that I think Howie's a better GM than people make him out to be because people want Howie fired. I'm saying it could be worse right, than Gannon. His, his point. point is, yes, yeah. you would like you would like Bill the Belichick as your head coach. Right, you would, or yes. whatever. Any Like, general manager, it's like, yeah, maybe Howie is the 15th best general manager or whatever, but I want the first best. I want the second best. Like, I want those guys. And, like, that, that I think that's his point. And I, instead of defending what we have, striving for the best. And I think maybe, maybe it's my personality. Look, Howie has been the best for a year before, so you can say, hey, he's shown he has that ceiling. Yeah. That's a, a counter to that. Maybe it's my personality, but, like, I would just – I lean on the side of it's going to be harder to replace these guys than people make it out to be. If you want to say, look, I know that Gannon can't be a top guy, so let's fire him and take a chance with somebody else that who knows, maybe, that's your prerogative. and I just not where I would go. 
215-592-9494. One more segment to go, John Johnson, after that. Let me remind you that one of the things that we here at Go Birds love most about our Park Sportsbook app is that it's not just about the teams and only picking teams when you place your bets. They offer all kinds of action and so many different ways to bet on individual player performances. It makes watching the games that much more exciting. In football, you can bet on passing and rushing yards, bet on who scores touchdowns and hoops. You can bet on points, rebounds, assists. In hockey, you can bet on goals and so much more. Plus, with the live in-game betting and the wildly popular same-game parlays, the Park Sportsbook app is custom-made for you, and that's why it's the only one that we hear at Go Birds recommend. And more than anything, I say this every time, it's just way more fun to have some action on these games. We're going to be watching football all weekend. These four games are going to be awesome. We can't wait. You know what's making it just a little bit more fun? Throw some action on it. Play some bets. Win some money. And it's just that much more of an enjoyable weekend. And it's a big weekend of action, a big weekend to bet on. So sign up now. Make your first bet risk-free on your favorite player or a player you're watching. Or, of course, just bet on any game. Download the app and get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Go to parkcasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your first bet risk-free. Your risk-free bet is refunded and site credit. The Park Sportsbook app website has all the terms and conditions. Final segment of Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer with you. This one flew by today. Really quick today. I think I the, mean, we've been waiting to do the great Gannon debate basically all season long to really just hash it out. It's so. a shame I didn't make the point about his age. Uh, hour and five minutes. It was the only thing I, w- I didn't have a great response. Yeah. I felt really good arguing everything else. But like I've made that point about Sirianni. I've made that point about Hurts. It's hard for me to come back and be like, yeah, well, you know, yeah, he is young. Do you feel like the Eagles season flew by? Um, yes and no. So now that we're sitting here and, and, you know, it's over and we're talking about it in a way I do, but I also, like, think back to that Falcons game and all that's happened since then. And yeah. it's like, wow, that really does feel like a long time ago. So I'm kind of I think it's in the middle. so crazy it's over already. Yeah, I know. I know, but that's what we always say, right? Yeah, true. 215-592-9494. Let's get in as many calls as we can before we get out of here. And let's start oh. it with our good pal in Texas. What up, CJ? What's good, guys? What's good? What up, up CJ? I've been watching clothes before the game. So, I know you've heard of y'all from the intercession, but great season with you guys listening. You know, it was like one of my first years calling in for everything. Yeah. I've been following you guys' podcast with me. So yeah, we definitely Bailey, love you calling like in. Thanks, CJ. We really appreciate you. We appreciate your calls, and um, that means a lot. Um, the, the text I'm doing today for is Gannon. I'll say this. If we do look like, okay, he's young, and we can – what if he turns out to be great? I mean, I think everybody's seen that meme of, what the Washington football team had, and then they hired. Sure. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can run into that. But at the same time, look at the talent and also a person. I'm, I'm with you. I'm in jail. I'm with you. CJ, it's a little hard to hear to you. You're going in and out. CJ, it's hard to hear you. You're on like a speaker Bluetooth. You're going in and out. It's hard to make out what you're saying. Can you hear me now? A little bit better. Up? Go ahead. Okay, so what I was saying was I think a coach like Vic Fangio, adds to Nick. I think it helps mm-hmm. him see, like, hey, these are things that you were missing. This can help you get on schedule. Also, the players are going to buy in on defense because they know what he is as far as a defensive coordinator. It's going to help Howie as far as knowing how to evaluate talent because he's been a successful coordinator for years and years and years. So I think you add more, and not only he could probably tap into the coaches, the, the defensive coaches that are in the linebackers, corners, all those different coaches. Imagine what he's teaching them yeah, as a opposed great point. to all of them learn it together, and then by the time they learn it together and you finally get the pieces, that team gets taken apart. So that's what the biggest things I can see for is subtraction for is getting and leaving. Yeah. Um, 
that's, that's and, and one benefit is you would assume Fangio is probably not getting another head coaching job. So whereas Gannon, maybe you stick, you keep him this year. Yeah, that's it seems like point. he is probably going to get hired. That's at one a really point. good point. Is that yeah, we might have Gannon for one more year, but like that might be it. He might get another, and it maybe he does improve and then just leaves. So right. it, it's more sure that Fangio will stay after just having, you know, after that. And I like your point, CJ, about how Fangio could help them scout on defense better. And again, to the point yeah. we just made about these situations, like, yeah, again, it was his first year experiencing new things. Like, Fangio's seen it all. He's done it all. He can help in those situations where Nick's like, I've never encountered this. Vic can be like, I have a bunch right. of times. Let me tell you about it. You know? Now, I will say this. The only other thing, quick part about it, is the whole thing with Howie. I get it. Howie should be more entrenched with far as making better choices. Y'all you have the thing going say which would be better more um the line the left my ladder that we find yeah my ladder or Jefferson. The biggest difference is just like Tom Brady, everybody skipped over him into the sixth round. So the my ladder thing was like, okay, well he yeah, looks like he could have talent. You missed on a receiver repetitively. It's yeah. the thing where we may be looking at a receiver for the third time in the first yeah. round. How many more pieces could we we could have replaced two key pieces on our offense or our defense, or one and one. And then you would have had your lesser talent, which would have been on your freaking special teams, which you said, hey, no, we don't no, have CJ, top talent. CJ, if you're doing it, you great, would have had better talent. It's a great point. Before before we let you go, what did you have on the 04-17 thing? I'm going to go 04 just because it's proven. I mean, you're, you went to Super Bowl already with them. You already got a Hall of Famer or two from that mm-hmm, team. You got two sure. Hall of Famers already on that team. Uh, McNabb looking like he should be one. And, he should be. You know, yeah. so he's you got a, people I, that I don't are know already sure, but he's it. close. He's he's certainly right on that. Pretty. Yeah, but I'm saying you already got proven uh, talent that's a, that's in CJ, the Hall of Fame. That's a really interesting point. And you look at the great call, CJ, and we appreciate all your calls all season. Um, yeah, you look at the 17, I think Kelsey we've talked about as as we think has a real chance to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but, Jason I mean, Peters. Peters probably is a Hall of Famer. Ertz, in the fringe, discussion. probably not there, but – so it is interesting. I, I think ultimately it'll probably be relatively even from that perspective. Yeah. Well, and another quick thing off of what he said was what really hurt the Eagles in that playoff game too is Rager, Barnett, Dillard. You got nothing from any of them. Three first-round picks all could have contributed, and they didn't. Let's go to Frankfurt and talk to my buddy Alex. Hey, Alex. Hey, what's up, fellas? What's going on? What up, Alex? Listen, real quick because I know we're up against it. I'm happy because we did more than – what we expected. Yeah. yeah. I know they did more than what I expected. Me too, buddy. I, had I mean, a, I, it's a very I, simple truth. I statement. said seven wins, and that was like a growth to seven wins. I was going to say. Offseason started, like I was like four or five. Yeah. I ultimately picked seven, but I was definitely in the five to seven range. So. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, I look at it like this. There's a, I know it's going to sound cliche. There's always next year. <laughs> There's that. always next year. I'm, I'm a true Eagle fan. Look, long as we moving forward, that's all I'm worried about. That's it. And look, uh, uh, coming off a four-win year and, like, the worst season we all remember, certainly in recent times, like, you definitely, from your perspective, Alex, like, you have to look at this as, as a step forward no matter what yeah. happens after. No, you're right. I yeah. like that. Half, half a loaf is better than no loaf. That's Alex. how I look at it. Y'all guys have a great day. Love My it. man. What Stay a pleasure. Warm. You too. What a pl- positivity. Stay warm is right. Let's squeeze one more in here. My guy, Joe in Jersey. What up, Joe? How you doing, guys? What's up, Joe? I, I, I look at, you know, Howie's mistakes, and sometimes I think they're vengeful. I think, like, the Eagles went and got Goddard, and that spited Dallas. And then Dallas kind of didn't need a wide receiver, so they take C.D. Lamb. Then the Chiefs, who happened to win the Super Bowl, win with Tyreek Hill. So he's 
they have to be smarter than everybody, and then they take uh, Rager. Yeah, I think, Joe, I do think, I don't know if it's those specific examples, but I do think that we've talked about this a lot on this show and other shows that they have been reactive in their They're ways. They're definitely like reactive. Overreactive. Over-corrective. It's like, oh, we did overcorrective. We don't have speed. Oh, let's just draft only speed and all that. And I will say, and that is a concern that I have. I'm with you, Joe, but I will say that is something how he talked about in that press conference and said, we're not going to do that. Like, at least that we'll see until he well, doesn't. That, I'll believe it. But so. he did talk about that. So. And then I, I hate trading with the Cowboys. I hate I, I didn't like the trade for for the wide receiver. I'm glad he's a good wide receiver. I don't trade with the Cowboys. You know, Michael Parsons is, looks like he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Well, they would have taken him at 10 anyway. So they would have taken him at yeah. 10 anyway. But you would have had your third round pick or you could have made the trade with the with um, with the Bears. Chicago. And you could have got yeah. Well, you have a top six pick or seven. But again, but once you take a guy like Rager and Jefferson does well, that puts pressure on on Rager. Then you put more pressure on him by taking Devontae Smith. And and you know, in this town, if, if yeah, we, but but Joe, here's the thing, and I'm more on the I feel bad for Jalen side than most. But he's a first round pick. He's a receiver. Like there's I, there's pressure that's just going to come with that. Oh, I I agree. But my point is, in this city especially, when when your average caller and you, you average radio hosts have think about, okay, let's just take it the safe pick, make the smart pick. I, a friend of mine started our lads guide. So him and I talk all the time, uh, Tom Halper, he's the one who started the, our lads guide. So he's him and I, we, we confer all the time yep. on every pick. And, and it, it's just, when you take these dumb risks, you want to take your risk, you take them from the fourth round uh, down. Joe, but, I, I agree with you. And we're up against it. We appreciate the call call again. Um, look, I, I do think that that was the smartest guy in the room picked by Howie. It was. It was it, like, I'm going to overthink this. There is a guy on the board who scored four touchdowns in the national championship yeah. game, had like 1,800 yards at a powerhouse SEC college that won the national title, or we could take the kid we think is fast from TCU. Like, he overthought it, clearly overthought it, and, and Mortensen said he went against the scouts. He put it out last week. Andy Weidel wanted him to take Justin Jefferson. They didn't. Like, that is a... It's a massive miss. Look, I think we can all agree it was a bad pick. Like I, like I don't know how many times we have to re- like every. I wasn't we all agree it. it was it's a bad. A, pick. I wasn't planning like, on it. Like it's just so funny, and I, I love every caller that makes a point. But it's like, yeah, yeah it wasn't a great pick. It was bad. It was yeah, bad. Agree. Right. You're not gonna um, fight back on that. This was fun today. Yeah, it was good. It was good, and of course, the beautiful thing. We'll be back next week. If we, we learned anything that. from the the Gary Gannon debate, it's that Rager was a bad pick. <laughs> Perfect. There we I go. I can't think of a better way than it. Thank you to everyone who called in. We literally could not do this show without you. And to CJ's point, um, thank you to everyone who yes. was with us all season long. Like, we had a, a freaking blast doing this show all season. Yeah. And we're not going anywhere. We're back next week and the week after. But but the season being over, we really do appreciate it. Let us get sentimental. For yeah, everyone who came on right the with us. It. You know, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Look at you. He's such a radio guy now. I know. Right it's up all against I do, man. it. Um, all right. Again, thank you to everyone who called in. Thank you to Elliot. Thank you to Moshe Kravitz and Dan Wilson doing a great job producing the show. And coming up next, John Johnson leading you up to football after that. It's Elliot James. It's Go Birds Radio right here on 94 WIP.